This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 193, The Imperium <laughs> Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. We should do, we should do uh, Clue as a stream because yes. it's not a good game, but I think it would be funny if hey, we played it. Hang on a second. Clue's a bad game. No, 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 no. Clue's a pretty decent game. Uh, no, Clue's a bad game. Uh, Clue is a great idea. Clue has one bad mechanic. What's the what is the, movement, the one the movement between rooms? Yeah, that's a pretty big. You kind of you, like you kind of na- hit the nail on the head, but you're doing game. it with this tone like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. They give you a lot of tools to not have to go between the rooms very often. Yeah, which that even begs the question: you Why know? have the hallway? Why the have movement? them? I know. Why just have it at all? I, I think know? that's the number one best house rule: is to just like just go to the room you want to go to, man. Go to the room you want to go to, but. That doesn't work, though, because the sure. game mechanics strategically are like, you need to go to the these rooms strategically in order to get all the things that you need sure. to get. What yeah. what were you going to what were you going to say? I was going to I, I mean, I think Clue as a game that just kind of comes out of nowhere and is like, here's a game about this. I think it's genius. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. But I think that it is a game that sort of suggests uh, a lot and doesn't is not mechanically sound. Yeah. And all the games that sprang from Clue. Yeah. Much, much better. Like what? What sprang from Clue? Oh, I think I th- I think hidden information games sort of oh, sprang from Clue. Okay. Because Clue Clue has the hidden information thing, but it's not it's not on a player. It, yeah. It's I mean, well, technically it is a player or yeah. it can be a player, I guess. Um, But the whole idea of like I have limited information and I need to figure out I need to solve the puzzle. Yeah. But in that way of hidden information, I feel like it is a, a kind of uninteresting implementation of yeah. it. Yeah. Like, imagine how much cooler in Clue it would be if one person knew they were the murderer. Right. And was trying to cover it up. That would be awesome. I just made a better Clue right there. And that's what I'm saying is the thing about Clue is that yeah. it tempts, you look at it and you're like, it's really interesting and it makes your brain go whoa this is a cool idea and it almost immediately invites you to say like well obviously this isn't a good version of that we need to fix this this needs to go let's make it about this like that was a fun tangent hunter i'd like to get back on track for our uh tim curry fan cast called (laughs) if we can i uh, i know that that was tangentially related to the life and times and career of tim curry yes but it's time to get back to this episode's focus Uh, yeah tim curry is a great uh and uh actually i do want to say it's it's kind of weird timing for tim curry bits although actually it's not really that weird tim curry's coming back now yeah, finally right he had some rough times in the early half of the 2010s i forget when okay he had a stroke i don't know if you know that yeah oh uh, yeah yeah and then now he's like coming back to voice acting and i'm very excited uh, yeah. to have him back because he is uh he's one of the only this is like the highest compliment I can I can pay an actor because my favorite I think I think we share this. The best yeah. type of uh, acting is uh, voice acting. All the other stuff yeah. is overrated massively. Right. Voice actors are the best actors on the planet yeah. um, because they get to use their imagination to such an extent 
that you don't even see who they are right. physically, right. you know. And Tim Curry, I think what makes you an all-time great actor is if you can do both and right. truly do both. I'm not talking about, you know, some sort of uh, Robin Williams-esque, like right. we got the, although Robin Williams is a great voice actor too, but some sort of like, oh, we just got this celebrity to be, to play the dog uh-huh. in our, I mean like the honest to God, this is good voice acting mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Hollywood, you got to stop snatching up regular actors and then just saying they can do voice acting because well, it's not really that interesting that's, to be aged. That's what happened to animation. Andy Circus is the new Tim Curry, huh? Is hmm. that kind of the thing? I guess so. Is he a great voice actor? Yeah. I feel like he's... No, he, yes. I mean, he doesn't do a ton of just like animation voice sure. acting work. He's the new age because it's now it's mocap acting, mm-hmm. which is both. is voice acting plus physical performance see i'm almost putting in, that in a whole nother dimension too well, and i think in the future maybe i would change what i just said about voice acting to be that mocap is the best the best and biggest this is acting. the weirdest intro of this show i don't care ever i literally don't care <laughs> i will literally you turn the microphones on at this point i mean i am i don't want to toot my own horn but i'm a professional <laughs> podcaster now and if you turn the microphones on and say, hey, talk about this, I'm not going to do that like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'll pretend that's so hard to do uh-huh. with the microphones on. Give me a topic yeah. and we will go there, I man. Riff, I've been, we've been living this, dog. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's, let's just weirdly. The intro was this. so good that, that like good now intro. you can't even we move can't on. We can't get out of the intro, the whole episode. <laughs> this is going to be a three and a half hour long episode because we're going to talk about voice right. actors for an hour before right. we get to the very long Empyrean guide we have to do today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do some Vagabond errata real fast. Sure. Real yeah, yeah, yeah. Vagabond part two errata. And then errata. we'll get back to voice acting. And then we'll get back to voice acting. And then someday we'll do Empyrean. But someday. Uh, uh, Justin K. That, so we talked about uh, the six remaining Vagabonds last week. Yeah. Um, and it was a fun episode. And also we guested on uh, Woodland War Machine, which you should go listen to that episode. It was also fun. Yeah. Um. Justin K said, there's one other super sick vagrant move that's worth keeping in mind, which is that you can instigate a fight, name yourself as the defender, and then play an ambush on your attacker immediately. I have never even considered this for a vagrant play, which shows I'm not even a true vagrant fan, but that's the slickest, coolest thing ever. You got a, you got an ambush in hand? Go in, instigate a fight. You are the defender. Score two hits. Just just because as as the aggressor, the vagrant gets to score two hits off the top. That is super sick. That's totally sick. You take the lower die roll, so you got to right. have the right setup. But if but if you want to go jump on a territory with just two eerie warriors, no, I, I, I like you can it turn you, off the fight before the fight happens. Because you're guaranteed. Yes. You're literally guaranteed right. the points, right. which is... The only uh, thing that can stop fun. it is if they have an ambush too, and they block it, and then you're still rolling dice and whatever. But... Still pretty cool. Still pretty cool. Just cool. That's what the Vagrant's all about. The Vagrant isn't about winning. The Vagrant is about... Is about cool stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, Also, we have from Alistair. um, I wanted to say the Ronin can be more dangerous and better in the rankings than Matt said. Uh, One game with him, in defense, I managed uh, to turmoil Eerie twice, all because of their abilities. Uh, It was also bad luck for the Eerie, but the extra damage in the attack is terrible, but in defense... You can at least make sure to have one hit plus extra in the rolling. If you combine that with ambush, you can make up to five hits in defense against three. It's not very good in attack, but in defense, that ability might uh, made the eerie and everyone else on the table think twice about attacking me. That is a, that is a component to the Ronin I had not 
fully considered is that the Ronin has that that ability is not very useful aggressively, right? As on my turn, right, I would rather use my sword again to do another fight. But on defenses, anyone who wants to attack me has to consider any untapped swords are an extra hit against them. So yeah. I just have a bonus defense. I have the ability of what the Corvids. I mean, I just de- I just deal an extra hit in damage in totally, battle if I totally. want to. Totally. And if we've got good uh, root T tempo going on going right. down, it might really cost you basically nothing right, to do right. that. But so. if we don't have root T tempo, it's then, uh-uh. it's quite costly nah, and, and, yeah. and kind of annoying. So then it kind of sucks. Right. It it, it can be a de- decent defense. I don't think it moves Ronin up that high in the rankings just nah. because everything at the bottom there is there for for pretty solid reasons, even with these caveats. Right. So. That's all we got. That's that's all the uh, Vagabond errata. We can get into some Empyrean business, Hunter. This was all you. Uh, and also, can I just say... Yeah. You've been high spirits, good mood. This guide was good for you. Oh, yeah. After I Mahat, liked doing this I was worried about you. And yeah. here we are, uh, living the high life. I was about 50-50 on the POK guides that I worked on. Um, I did not heavily dislike doing uh the titan's guide but it was not my speed not mm-hmm. my favorite type of faction to play yeah um no nomad was great nomad best mad yeah uh however the thing about nomad was it's not that difficult of a faction to grasp right and i actually didn't really get to i i didn't get to play it that much because i felt like i got it so fast mm-hmm. that i was like well there's no way to justify playing this longer yeah Empyrean, is the one I started working on from the beginning, though. Yeah. So I've been working on this guide. You were interested in Pyrian from the get-go, from right. the drop. Yeah. You've been wanting to play and learn about this faction. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's fun to kind of phrase it like that. Like, I am the original person that liked Empyrean, <laughs> and all these other people that claim to like it are just, uh, they're just stealing my vibe, uh-huh, okay? Uh-huh. Like, I I invented liking Empyrean a lot. Uh-huh. Um, when Empyrean first... Uh, was announced or whatever with the expansion. I think a lot of people's take was, ah, this is uh, good, but maybe not great. And right. I think the attitudes have kind of shifted from this is actually very good, yeah. um, kind of unambiguously good. And definitely on this show, we contextualize them like, oh, like maybe they're not that fantastic because a lot of the abilities don't really blow you away right. on on first blush, except for the mech ability. Yeah. The mech ability is, I think anyone would read that and be like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Um, now I feel like the the context for Empyrean is sort of like, this is the closest we got to a, like, Hakan yeah. style faction right. uh, in POK. Nomad is also really good at money. Yeah. But Nomad is kind of good at money in the way that I think uh, Barony can be good right. at money, which is like, they're good at, fighting uh and have some things or like soul can be good at money is actually it's probably more similar to that right um in that they both have a good faction promissory notes that are very tradable and just money to just money just rolls in yeah yeah for them yeah yeah uh empyrean is a funny uh lore faction because it's another one of those just like oh the mysterious other they're like maybe the historians of the of the world of of the ti fiction but even then there's a lot basically everything in not only nomad but empyrean's uh lore is like they seem like they're like this but we don't know unreliable narrator right 
uh, which is always funny to me in TI because like I'm supposed to play as that faction, right? So, so shouldn't I, I know? So don't don't I get to know what I am? No, Do I, I get don't to know the All secret. Right. No, I just get to pretend. So instead, I get to pretend I know. Exactly, make it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what it's inviting right. you to do. Which is, is make up who it is. That's why when I play Nomad, Nomad canonically uh-huh. is just me <laughs> in the TI universe. Right. It's like he he removes the the yeah. mask yeah. And, and and it is me yeah and i think dane i think that's how dane thinks of it too right uh but based off some things that i've heard <laughs> some things Just i've some heard things. myself say yeah. on this show right and and he's never denied it he's never denied it explicitly yeah. um so. that i am not the nomad so i think there's a chance we, that I we am. treat our interpretations of lore the same way some people treat their uh rules interpretations where they go, well, Dan- he didn't specifically disallow it, so obviously it must be allowed by the rules. Right, right. Um, do we, so we're, this is where we would talk about lore, and we are sort of talking about lore. Sure. Uh, how much do we want to use the word manta? Uh, A limited. I- I've seen people push back on too. Yeah, okay, their heads kind of look like mantas. Right. That's where it stops. Yeah. Nothing else about this faction is manta-like. Right. They right. just sort of have a manta shape in their heads. Yes. They are more of a bat faction and i saw this in the priorata and i'm i'm here to back it up that it, that they are bats they have big bat wings they do have big bat they don't wings. have they can't see well or or they don't have eyeballs yeah yeah that's fair um i think is this kind of the end of the manta arc of the show because i will tell you that the manta thing is kind of in my head it's a little done and yeah. i'm breaking hearts right now and i hear I, those hearts breaking i tell you what hunter i've been there for a month <laughs> <laughs> you're like i never liked it I, was... I never liked the manta thing um so yeah there's been an in joke on the discord about just it's not even a joke actually it's, it's just no mantis there is no yeah it's that type of thing where you might see it from afar and think oh this is based on some really good nope. in joke there's nothing it's just that manta rays exist and wouldn't it be funny if we talked about them yeah it's a tr- they we've been trolled and we've been trolled for like six months now. Yeah. Well, I mean, our 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 raison d'être <laughs> is to be trolled. You know. Right. Sure. That's that sure. is our that is our lot in life. Yeah. Um, that's why we're here. Um. But yeah. So are the Empyrean uh like manta rays? Uh. No. They are. They are like bats. And now is the bat time. Now it's bat. okay. Now it is bat time. <laughs> Same bat time. Is Same that bat. what a bat sounds like? Yeah. Do it again. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a bat. Let's dive in to some overview of Yonder Empyrean. Speaking of, real quick, I would just like to address the haters out there for, for a brief moment. Yes. Um, we routinely find new and interesting ways to pronounce this faction's name. Uh, and... For my own purposes, it's mm-hmm. because I don't like saying Empyrean takes Imperial yes. and things like that. Yes. And so saying things like Empyrean or 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 whatever, just, just mixing it up is my way <laughs> of just trying to be as clear as I can that I am talking about the faction and nothing else. Yeah. So I don't want to get, we're going to say Empyrean a lot today. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear it a lot of different ways, and I just, I don't want to, I don't, we're, you will see no errata about it next week. Oh, yeah, about pronunciation? Yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah. Well, let's get it. I mean, I want to talk about em- Empyrean. 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 <laughs> uh, we start with uh, DET, Dark Energy Tap, the tech that lets us explore frontier tokens. Yeah. We also have two carriers, four infantry, a destroyer, 
and two fighters, and then a space dock, no PDS. Uh, our home system is inside a nebula. It is an anomaly. Ooh, it's got fun. the red borders and everything. Fun. And it has a single planet, question mark? It's called the Dark, and it's a three, four. Three resources, four influence. Oh, my God, I have a question. Okay. Already. I already have to stop the guide because I have a question. Hit me. So the so it has red borders. So yeah. does that mean in the build step, you can't place... I mean, you can't place a red-bordered system next to a home system anyways. Right. So well, no, 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 that's not true. You oh. can do that. That that was like a that was like a TI three thing. Oh, okay. But yeah, yes, yeah. you cannot place a red bordered system adjacent to the Empyrean home system in rules as written build, right? Unless it is your only option. Yeah, right, right. Another so everybody anomaly. just waits until that's the only option, right. so then you just do it. Which that is, way. I mean, so that's kind of how around. it goes, anyways, because in the final ring, I mean, you get left with very few options, right? Regardless, but yeah, if if the Empyrean have anomalies in their hand and they don't get them out initially, they are forced to put those anomalies in other people's slices, more or less. Uh, yeah. Unless they're like last in the order and everything else gets taken. But that's pretty... Or I guess you'd have to be first in the order and then it comes back around. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that that makes for weird maps. But uh, we don't even worry about that because we... We do our own maps. These that we just we just make we, we hand make maps all the time. I, yeah. I I don't we hardly ever do when we do rules as written builds. Uh, we always hate it. Even still today, don't like them. Don't don't like games. I don't I don't like building the map at all. Build. It still makes me uh really yeah. really grumpy. And yeah. just because it makes me grumpy doesn't mean that I think that it's bad for you. If you like maps, sure. that's totally fine. Yeah. If you if you like maps, I just we play uh, a lot and they get stale because all rules as written maps with good players look the exact same. Yeah, uh, and spoiler alert, they look pretty similar to what our uh, prelims map looks like, which I'm also getting sick of playing on right. and seeing. Uh, oh, I'm I mean, definitely. We, and we knew that would happen. That's right. part of the prelims. We play on one map for a long time. We know we're going to get sick of it, but we get lots of fun statistics to sort of pretend are useful. Um, but but yeah, I'm totally sick of a perfect path to Mechatol mm-hmm. with one anomaly on my left or right, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, the Empyrean also have four commodities, so they're a good trading faction. And their abilities are as follows. They have got Voidborn, which is just uh, because their home system is Nebula. Nebula don't affect your ships during movement. Uh, so you can uh, you cannot stop in a Nebula and you don't have your 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 movement is not limited when you move out of a Nebula. Ooh, also you can retreat into a Nebula. Okay. Okay. I've heard okay. that I was told that. All that all those rules are weird, honestly, yeah. at this point. And we are, uh we've talked about it recently, uh, that we're trying to get a, a like a rules episode here soon with Dane. Uh and it's it's just it things are tied up scheduling. Uh we're hoping to do that maybe in June. I would like to have, have rules situated before the semis. Right. Basically. That's kind of our that's what we're aiming for at the yeah, moment. Yeah, that would be good to actually kind of have the rules down uh-huh, as we're before. like when we get to, like further into the tournament. <laughs> After kind of most of the, the tournament is out. done, but before the semis of the tournament, we'll just change all of the rules of the board. Or we game. could do it, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but the way chat likes to do rules is to just say what you think Whatever it is. Whatever you think it is. And yeah. then just say it over and over. <laughs> And and even say it with blind confidence. Oh my god, the worst part is like chat will be like, "It's this, it's this," and in my head I'm like, "Ooh, I agree," mm-hmm. but that's not. This is someone's game. You yeah. know what I mean? There is a person that's right. Oh, so I should just say the thing that I'm pretty sure is right. Uh huh. Not check, <laughs> not back it up with any. This is what chat thinks I should do. I guess <laughs> most of the time, 
not back it up with any evidence, yeah. cite nothing, and just shoot from the hip like a freaking rules cowboy. <laughs> That's what they want. They want a rules cowboy that just kind of well, knows. Well, they want us to know everything at all instances, and just to just to also, man, today is the today's the tangent episode. Oh yeah, buddy. But uh, the other thing I want to, the gripe I want to go on is the notion that I should have all the rules in my head when, just to be clear. When you do beta testing for this game, or when you talk to Dane, a, like kind of a decent amount about rules, there's a lot of rules where like Dane wasn't sure of the answer yet, and we had to talk through it and decide what the answer should be. Right. I have the whole discussion in my head. Right, and that's a problem. It's really hard to remember where that discussion landed. Right. That's why Milty and Nine of Spades and people like that are geniuses because they're able to remember where the discussion ended, and I don't. So every time someone asks me a rules question, I'm like, oh, I remember this coming up. Yeah. I don't remember what <laughs> we decided. Yeah, it's almost bad knowing that it did come up and knowing the yeah. whole conversation. This is, yeah, why, yeah. this is why I'm sick of being a part of like any sort of development. I never want to do development ever again. Yeah, we should cut ourselves out of that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I just need to know what the rule is yeah. <laughs> after the fact so that totally. I don't, so I don't forget everything else. Totally. Uh, they also have an ability, Aether Passage. <laughs> <laughs> after a player activates a system, you may allow that player to move their ships through systems that contain your ships. This is awesome. Yeah. This, this doesn't is... seem that cool at first. Okay. Like the first couple times I played, I couldn't like figure out how to make this yeah. into something. Uh, but it's actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it, it sings with the rest of the faction in a way that, you know, at first it sounds like the kind of ability where it's like, oh, well, how often is that going to come right. up? Well, it can come up a lot. Yeah. And every time it comes up, it's very fun. Well, and it, it comes up because of there's a very specific play style that we are going to sort of half lean into as Empyrean. We're like, hey, you you might be in a lot of spaces. Oh, yeah. By the end of the game. Oh, yeah. So, no, it's not something that comes up round one very often. Right. But round three through five, mm -hmm. you're kind of everywhere sometimes. Right. And right. so then this becomes a thing. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that more yeah. uh, and, and how important. There's a lot of abilities that we have to sort of like kick the bucket and so say, hey, when we get into like trade and meta stuff, this is a big meta faction. Yeah, so. the, tra the trade section is going to be very large. But uh, yeah, just, just to summarize it, just in case you got lost there, it, it they have a light wave that they can turn on yep. to allow other players For to other move people. through They can stuff. give other players light wave through yeah. their stuff. Uh, they also have Dark Whispers, which is just a mechanical way to say you have two promissory notes. You got yeah. you have an extra one. You have two faction promissory you notes. You get two. Yep. It's uh, and we will cool. cover those in just a second. Their flagship is Dynamo. Yeah. I don't know why it's named that, but I love it. I don't know why it's named that either. It really seems like like somebody was naming all the, the POK stuff in mm -hmm. like one day. And then this was like the last thing that they were doing. Right. And well, they were just like, man, what? I love it from the standpoint of like the Empyrean is this mysterious faction. And a lot of their things don't feel like they are named by the Empyrean. They're more named right. by Ooh, the people who see the Empyrean. So like the that's mech is good. called the Watcher. These things are blood packed, dark packed. They're, they're things that other people have named yep. it. And so Dynamo is like, someone saw the flagship and went, whoa, <laughs> that thing is Dynamo. Come on, baby. Fly that over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th yeah, this is definitely what somebody calls the flagship, not <laughs> what the the Empyrean uh, call their own uh, flagship. But what does it do, man? Uh, its ability is after any player's units in the system or adjacent systems use sustained damage, you may spend two influence to repair that unit. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a hits. Uh, it rolls two dice on a five. Move one. Capacity three. It's it's like a standard good flagship outside of that. So good hits, and you can repair any sustained damage in that system or adjacent systems for yourself or any player. So right. you can trade this ability. You can be paid to do this, or you can defend your stuff really well as as well. Now, uh, direct hit. Can you be direct hitted with so, this? Like direct in- hit is the same exact timing window uh-huh. as the dynamo, which right. means it becomes an active player situation sure. and like an active player clockwise ability sort of thing. So if I'm attacking, I get to repair before direct hit is played. That's if right. If I'm defending, then direct hit would be before I get to repair. Exactly. Uh, n- another question. This is one I actually had uh, because I in all of m- my games, this didn't come up enough for me to have the answer yeah. uh, off the top of me dome. Uh, but can I just repair the same ship over and over? Definitely not. You okay. cannot use the same ability in the same timing window, but different ships using sustained damage is different timing windows of mm-hmm. separate sustained damages. So you can use the dynamo on multiple ships, but you can't repair a dreadnought three times in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, by the way, just wanted to say, this is actually, don't sleep on this ability. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a good home system defender. Oh my God, it's a great home sort system of, defender. It's obviously not as defensive as like the Necro flagship, but sure. it is up there in oh, terms yeah. of defensive flagships. You had it in a game where I had I was Cabal and I was going to come jump on your home system. And it was I, it was a losing fight anyways for me. Mm-hmm. But the second I, I, I started the fight and then actually realized how much the Dynamo was going to be able to do, I mean, you lost basically nothing and right. wiped out an entire significant Cabal fleet. Yeah, because you had saved up. It was a final round scenario. There were no spendies. So you were just like, boom, influence, boom, influence. Doesn't matter. You can't do yeah. any hits. I've yeah. got you You park the dynamo and a couple dreads or or whatever above your home system. You may not have to defend the ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I mean, it's like five extra hit points yeah. basically on your uh, on your fleet or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is such a good flagship for locking up a game that you are winning. Mm-hmm. Um. I also think, though, that if the flagship objective comes out, uh, using this offensively is also pretty chill. Um, it it kind of just depends on if you have yeah. the influence to spare. But I, I, yeah, I think it's great. I yeah. think it's a really good flagship. Uh, they also have a mech, the Watcher. It's got the standard stats, combat six, cost two, sustain damage. But it's killer ability. Oh uh, arguably best mech in the game is the it's the best mech depending the on game. what metric you're you're judging best utility mech in the game for sure for sure uh you may remove this unit from a system that contains or is adjacent to another player's units to cancel an action card played by that player wow it's just insane i mean it's they have a sabotage that is not sabotage right uh that you can just that that all you have to do you have just this one little trick that you have to do which is just getting your mech next to other players' right. units, and then I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's legitimately uh, my favorite thing about the faction. Um, it is such a huge feather feather in their cap. the The way I would almost define um, Empyrean is a game uh, is a faction that like they're not going to win every game, but a lot of the times when they get set up for a win, yeah. it becomes very quickly like impossible to stop them right uh right. basically yeah. so yeah i i i love 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 this mech yeah um they also have so, so let's get into those promissory notes blood pact uh when you give it to somebody else they have an action so it's a stall 
uh, both of their notes are. They place it in their play area. So this is a note that is also uh, betray a friendable or the other one, the other yeah. secret objective mm-hmm. where you put a, a, a promissory note. So you do have to kind of be wary of that when you give it out. Uh, you have you have a bunch of act. You have an alliance, a support for the throne, and two promissory notes that go into play areas. You can basically hand out the potential for four points to different players. Sure, but we're in a I would say in a current meta where we don't like freak out about those secret objectives. It's like ah, they're gonna score them if they score them. Right. I, I can't just completely play against that. There's too you many. Would, you would have to play so um like trade uh just like Averse. stingy yeah. that that it's just not worth it. And yeah, those secret objectives are easy. That's just right. how it is. Right. Like, if right they don't now. get it from you, they'll get it from someone else. Yeah. So might as well make the trade happen. Right. Uh when you and the Empyrean player cast votes for the same outcome in the agenda phase, cast four additional votes for that outcome. If you activate a system that contains one or blah blah blah, blah the thing you, you lose it if you if you attack the Imperium. Yes, um, um, pretty so, good. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's it's four votes total. Uh, it notably, um, we're going to talk about the other one in a second. But yeah, there, there's two here, and one is obviously better than the other because um, right. one is just votes, and and you either won the votes or you didn't. Now that, that's not to say two people very actively deciding to vote together and then getting four more votes that can outweigh kind of a decent number of agendas maybe totally but. especially if you're if you're both uh high influence yeah uh, i think i think the goal here is that um in, in like an ideal situation you would have a lot of influence whoever you give the blood pact to has a lot of influence and now the two of you can kind of outweigh the normal like yeah. needing half the players to be on board yeah. at least getting kind of this on top of something like an extra alliance swap sure would would be very potent basically yeah uh the the best thing about we'll talk about it more when we get to trading a meta but like it is an action both both of their um packs are actions yeah so and and a lot of times people like you you kind of want someone to have blood packed um so just remember it is an action so you you can sell it as a stall i don't know yeah uh next up is dark pact the good one also an action place it in your area uh when you give a number of commodities to the Empyrean player equal to your maximum commodity value, mm-hmm. you each gain one extra trade good. Yeah. And then if you activate the Empyrean, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this, so this is really good. Uh-huh. Uh, the value here, obviously, is uh, uh, quite a bit. We're talking about uh, f- like four or five trade goods, yeah. and all you got to do is give this out. Right. Uh, you can, again, we'll talk about it more when we get to trading a meta, but this can be sold this doesn't have to be sold you can just have this out and it's right there's kind of there's there's an aspect of this where you need it to be in someone's hands so that you make money that's kind of how both the packs work they they both kind of have this like there's this weird relationship of like uh you just want someone to have them Mm -hmm. so is it really that important to sell them because you're going to get a benefit out of it anyways so yeah yeah, and we'll talk about kind of like round one stuff slash tradey stuff with it. There, there's a whole kind of bit to talk about with Dark Pack that we don't want to overwhelm you with right at the moment. Let's talk about their leaders, their agent, Akamar. After a player moves ships into a system that does not contain any planets, exhaust this card to gain one command token. Yeah, so this goes neatly with uh, DET is the whole point of uh, the existence of this agent. So essentially... I get to do a DET Frontier token exploration every round, and it does not actually cost me a command token. Right. Um, I would expect to use this, all, I mean, all the time, right. always be using it. It's literally, 
you get to even in a situation where you don't get to do the frontier token uh being able to gum uh without it costing you anything is pretty big yeah Um, basically i mean if you to get really specific with it think about it round one you have a destroyer you have a couple goals. I got to get my dark or my yeah my dark packed out to someone. So I need my trade ship to go park in that empty system adjacent oh, yeah. to someone's home system. And guess what? It's basically just a stall action that costs literally nothing and gets me a det. I, yeah. I don't I don't actually spend a command token to do it. I do. A- I mean that system is now activated for the round, but like who cares? Right. And I I did a stall plus trade ship, all in one go, uh, and got something out of it from the det. So it's like a perfect little action that. Throughout the game, somewhat loses value, but in that early game, I mean, you you are fishing for DETs, and and it, that is that is a really good agent. How often do you are you selling this? Um, I I don't really have anything to say uh, when it comes to selling it because yeah. I think the value that you get yeah. out of using it on yourself and exploring uh, frontier tokens, I'd have to have had a very lucky game with DET right. for me to start looking at like other players that I could sell it for. Um, but it is worth a command token. So what? I mean, I guess if you were to sell it, it would be worth bucks. like yeah, two or two or three bucks. Yeah, uh, it's the kind of thing too. I mean, you can you can discount the cost of the idea that like they're getting a benefit from their own det out of it, right? Mm-hmm. If you've if you've done all the det's in your side of the board, and a player on the opposite side of the table has det and is like picked it up in round three and is looking to start doing it, that's kind of when this becomes sellable. But yeah, the sure, cost is weird. In that situation, too, which we'll get to it when we talk about exploration. You're not really um, looking. If for... somebody else gets DET, they are like kind of you're 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 racing them. Right. And the idea of using this on them to make it like the burden easier. easier yeah. Nah, this this the purpose of this in just the most obvious read is that this makes it so that you're good at DET and it doesn't cost you anything for yep. doing it. Yep. That's really the point. Right. Their commander is Zhuang. Uh, <laughs> it is to be, your unlock is to be neighbors with all other players. So this, of course, depending on your player count, uh, changes drastically. Right. Six players, big deal. A three-player game, uh, it happens <laughs> like kind of automatically. Yeah. Um, but then the ability is after another player moves ships into a system with your command token, you return that command token to your reinforcements. So you unlock the system. You don't gain it back like you do with Warfare. You you just get to unlock the system. And it is specifically after a player moves ships in, not just activates it themselves. Um, so kind of a really specific use for that commander. Yeah, sure. It's I mean, it's a it's like Counter-Stroke, but it just kind of happens automatically. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's OK. I mean, I think I think somebody saying like, oh, I'm going to you know, figure out how to get the most value out of this commander is kind of wasting their time. I think uh, sometimes this is one of those weird commanders where like, it's like kind of not great most of the time. Yeah. And then it uh, makes your whole game and saves your butt. So right. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to talk about. We, we will talk more about this commander when we talk about end game yes, stuff. Yes, victory than, point than stuff. Any, It's not a trade thing. It's a victory point kind of thing. Yes. Um, so then their hero is Conservator Procyon who has the ability Multiversed Shift. Uh, and that is an action, of course. It's a, it's a stall. And you place one Frontier token in each system that does not contain any planets or tokens. So everywhere that has already been DET'd, essentially, then explore each Frontier token in systems with your ships. Then you purge this card. Yeah. So uh, pretty good. Um, it all kind of depends on you know 
what's left in the frontier deck how much value is there actually in using this hero um i think one of the only pitfalls you can fall into with Empyrean is, and I'll, I'm not afraid to just say it right here, is to think too much about this hero. Yeah. Um, I would say that a very good companion piece to this episode in general is the part of the exploration episode where we talked explicitly about the Frontier deck. Right. Uh, if you're looking for another episode to listen to in combination with this, I highly recommend that one because knowing everything that's in the Frontier deck and how much of it is useful, right. and how much of it is not, not either not useful or just decent, right? Uh, is important to note, kind of like while you're going after this hero. Yeah. But it's a flashy hero. It's sort of like the Cabal hero right. if it was like good and like right. gave you stuff. Right, you know right, what I mean? right. Like it's still random, but it is more often pretty good yes. than not. Whereas whereas Cabal is more often useless than d- doing anything that accomplishes anything for you. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm I, always happy to see, like, four explorers off of Oh, yeah, off of four that. is good. Four, four is like, wow, you did four that. Four is good. And I see people reach for the stars to get six and, like, waste their late game doing totally, that. Totally, totally. So e- even, like, three. like two, Three to five. Three to five three is five. all acceptable. Cool. I, I, I think, um, I mean, if you're in a bad map, situation and you can only get two you can only get two whatever do not stress about the hero the hero is a cool thing it's going to get you some extra stuff but it is not make or break the faction in my opinion do not get super distracted by it all right their techs they've got a a two blue requirement tech called aether stream notably remember you start with a blue so a blue skip or researching one more blue gets you in range of aether stream and that is after you or one of your neighbors this is a trend with empyrean all of their abilities are basically usable by everyone else yep. always uh, after you or one of your neighbors activates a system adjacent to an anomaly so notably not an anomaly itself unless it, it is itself adjacent, adjacent to, to an, an anomaly. anomaly yeah yeah uh, next to each other. you give plus one to the move value of all of that player's ships Ooh, yeah uh this is a great tech um it's funny how good this tech is because in the right the right type of environment this tech basically makes um all unit upgrades yeah. virtually pointless right. dread 2 has no point right uh, I mean, I guess you could get it. Uh, it prevents direct hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But- you, you have to suddenly look at like the, the big reason we like unit upgrades is because of move values. Totally. And then the the capacity on a cruiser is like a little extra. The, yeah. the direct hit thing on Dreadnought makes it a pretty good unit upgrade. Sure. All that stuff. But then outside of that, if you're only looking at move value, this is in your in your range and improves all of your units rather than trying to get like four unit upgrades. Yeah. But it is like, it, it's actually kind of a challenge to talk about this tech mm-hmm. in the normal Space Cats, Peace Turtles uh, format because we don't tend to talk about maps a lot yeah. while we are uh, evaluating a faction for these guides, um, unless we're talking about like tech skips in your slice or whatever. That's kind of been the extent of it. But like the shape of the entire map yeah. impacts the way that this tech is used. Uh, pretty significantly right um so i would say like you know in in uh for example the prelims map environment where almost every single tile except for notably mechatol rex is aether streamable yeah um that's good that's that's like you really you want to see that that's probably more common than not now i I don't have the exact math i'm not going to try to run through all the neighbors uh, the numbers but in terms of 
you know, everyone gets two red backed tiles. A certain number of those red back tiles totally. are anomalies and others aren't. And you are not allowed to place anomalies adjacent to each other if you have the option. It they tend to get spread. Most yeah. maps, they are spread out. You are probably at least going to see three anomalies on any given map. And don't forget that the Empyrean's sheer existence on this map increased that number of anomalies by one. Your totally. home system is anomalous. All three of the systems adjacent to your home. If you need to retreat back home, you always, or get adjacent to home, one. you always have that plus one. Yeah. So yeah, this tech is more or less usually good. Yes. To, to definitely good. It's still worth, though, noting that, you know, if you're doing something like multi-draft and it it gave you a map where we've got all... I've I've played games of uh, Imperion uh, where all the anomalies were just sort of on one side yeah. of the map. And, and what rough. that is going to mean is that Aetherstream is not going to really yeah. allow you... Like, you can make a choice of like, oh, I'm going to go for Aetherstream because it's still such a good tech for this side of the map. Right. But that other side of the map, you're just not, you're not going to have uh, the best time, yeah. essentially. But it's still, it's a great tech. It's an amazing tech. And then we have our other one, <laughs> which is a one yes. green requirement tech, Void Watch, after a player moves ships into your units, notably different than a lot of the other, oh, don't attack me techs, where they mm -hmm. activate this one, they have to move into you. They must give you one promissory note from their hand. Yeah. Uh, they get to choose the promissory note. So this right. is just like uh, diplomatic pressure, which is an action card played in the agenda phase. And the thing we all know about diplomatic pressure is, oh, got me like a useless trade agreement or like a political secret, which I mean, I, hey, I like political secrets. I'm, I am on the boat of like actually political secrets are pretty good. Um, sometimes it gets you like a bust alliance. But basically the person is going to try to give you the worst promissory note they have which will not be a big gain for you so yeah um it it the connection to diplomatic pressure is important because diplomatic pressure has that same aspect of you know uh you use it once on somebody and you basically get nothing if you use it again and again then eventually you can get some really good stuff out of someone's hand yeah the problem is with void watch uh from a perspective of everything we've described thus far you can move through Empyrean's... Empyrean can grant mm -hmm. you passage through their units. So the idea that someone is going to say... I mean, I guess you could you could try and get this tech and then milk it and say, I'm not letting anyone through sure. with Aether Passage anymore. I can't be paid in order to do that. Which to me feels like you're giving up money right. for like a political secret or just like something something right. else or a useless alliance or something right. like that. You can look at it in the terms of like, I could go out of my way, research Void Watch and get promissory notes, or I could let people activate past my stuff and ask for those exact same promissory yeah. notes. And I didn't oh, have totally. to go down an imperfect tech path. Totally. And I'll tell you that the good thing about this. So, I mean, obviously we're, we're showing our hand. We don't like this tech. I, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a very good tech. I don't think it's a strong tech. However, the flip side of it, the good side of it, is that, uh, first of all, it's green. So we're kind of a, I mean, when we get to tech, I'll tell you, like, we're either full blue or blue green. Yep. Those are kind of the big the big things we're going to focus on. And it's only one green requirement. So yep. in that situation where faction tech comes up as our secret objective, it's not the worst thing in the world. So I, I, I don't want to completely trash this tech. Yeah. I just don't think uh, it is 
going to be super useful in most situations. Go ahead and erotomy with that time yeah. that things got really crazy sure. for you and, and you know, whatever. Well, and, and just to compare it to its closest comparisons, nullification field and neuroglave are also like, don't attack me or it's going to cost you. Right. Uh, both of those actually impact the attack. Right. Whereas this one is just like, and so I want to attack you, and all I have to do is give you a political secret. So it, it almost never actually calls off an attack. So it's not even a defensive tech. It's not a deterrent yeah. is the problem. Yeah. So Yeah, so uh, I think, I just, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's very good. I think that there are maybe some weird ways to maximize its value, sure. but Empyrean is not the most obvious, like, dig into their neighbor's right. slice be mean type faction yeah. you have other ways you could accomplish the same goal that yes uh improve your meta across the table rather than being a meanie yeah yeah and and maybe there is a fun idea of like trading with someone all game long and getting a lot of their notes in your hand yeah. and then turning on them and right. getting void watch and that could, uh, maybe that could get you a support for the throne. Look sometime. how hard we have to try. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's 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 really hard to figure out like how this tech is really going to help you a lot. But uh, it's, uh, I'll say this, it's interesting and it doesn't uh, require too much for the yep. faction note yep. thing. That's about the best thing I can say about okay. it. Okay, that's our overview. Let's take a quick little break and we'll come back and we will start breaking this stuff down and analyzing it uh, in all the ways we do. Okay. We're back, and it is time, Hunter, for you to show me the light. Show me the way. Show me the dark. I want to know everything there is to know about this faction. Yeah. Let's start with strategy cards. Yeah, and I have written this uh, with the infographic in mind, Ska Baron. Uh, so it, I just want it to be... Uh, last time I wrote an episode, Ska Baron had to reach out to me for... Like, hey, so I just want, and, and this, and I never want that to happen again. I want it to be obvious. So I will almost <laughs> literally describe exactly what I mean for the uh, infographic, which by the way, if you haven't checked out these infographics, yeah, man. you should just stop listening to the show and just pick up the infographic. <laughs> right. like, you don't need to be. <laughs> you don't need us. It's too, the show's too long. You don't need to be listening. A to picture this. is literally worth a hey, thousand words. Oh my God. What's our word count? I have on, no idea. Oh my God. It would be uh, awful. Terrible. Anyways, uh, let's talk about strategy cards. So. First up is leadership, which I uh, I like to use. I like to describe uh, each strategy card by the type of relationship mm -hmm. that you have, how good that relationship is with this particular faction. And with leadership, I have qualified it as your second best relationship. Uh, like at, like every faction these days, we are hungry mm. for those CTs. Our agent will allow us to explore one frontier token per round on the house. And while I think we should always take them up on that, I also think that we're similar to the Ghost of Creus or Nalu, where we win the game through superior positioning yeah. instead of superior firepower. Trade is the better option overall, but leadership is a wonderful alternative. Only in the final round does leadership beat trade for that top spot, in my opinion. But early, mid, and late game all get green check marks from me <laughs> so we like leadership uh i, I like the that uh, that notion of like we we are it, positioning is important to us similar to how creus and nalu are we haven't talked about creus and nalu in a long time mm -hmm. but that positioning all game long we are ending up in weird positions yes and then in final rounds those positions are either gum for our defenses or are positions that we can collapse in on targets. Yes. So so we don't have big 
you know, terrifying stacks of fleets. We have stuff everywhere that at a moment's notice can collapse into one area and become something different. Yes. I could totally imagine someone disagreeing with my positioning of leadership over trade and saying, actually, leadership is the one uh-huh. that you want to go after. The idea being, of course, that trade is like sort of win more. Sure. Uh, You're making Imperium. money in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sure. And I totally think that's fair. I mean, I think I, I think they're pretty close to each other. I go after trade a little more because I think that you have so much versatility as a trade faction that you sort of rival and maybe are even better than Hakan. Uh, maybe not as far as raw income value, but as far as how many things can you sell yeah. and how many different timing windows can you be like, ooh, I could do this for you. Do you want to do this? Let's right, do this. Right, I got this. Right. You can get in on more conversations than Hakan can and with tangible benefit. Yes. We'll talk about this more maybe, but I do in trading a meta, but I, I want to kind of, while we're on this point, that Hakan thing is, Hakan is always as good as you can make it. I don't know. You got the dollars. Can you make something off it? You got the action cards. Can you make something off right, of it? Right, right. Empyrean is like, you have this exact thing and this exact thing and this exact thing. Right. And that becomes very, very obviously tradable in a way I didn't predict when first looking at Empyrean. I thought Empyrean would be such a hard thing to define, but they actually have a few things that are very concrete in the value that you can extract out yeah. of them. Yeah, expectations there that make sense. So I mean, if you if you go down that that path, you could you could easily decide for yourself like no, it's leadership. I want to have as many command tokens as possible. I want to be ahead on that. And if you feel that way, I don't even really disagree with you that yeah. much to be honest. Right. Um I just think that getting that fat stack of uh trade goods uh going into the final round uh means that I can go whichever way I need right. to go. You right. know what I mean? Like we we can translate this in in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And leadership is a little more uh, prioritizing that as a little more defined as far as what we're getting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you you have you have a need uh for command tokens. You have a need to be uh fully gummed out, and uh that that means you're going to be a little bit hungrier for that. I wouldn't say it's a needy relationship. No. I wouldn't say I ever feel right. like oh I'm. I'm running well, because out of command tokens. You have multiple tools that mm-hmm. generate command counters. Anyways, it's just saying, hey, if you can go even further with that, it's not overdoing it. It's yes. more tools in the toolkit. Yes. Uh, tell me about Diplo. Uh, we're a blue tech faction, so PDS already feels like PDS two already feels kind of out of the way. My 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 thinking with Diplo is it's always versus construction, at least in round one. Sure. So where does Diplo sit? Yeah, so I would I would qualify this as a uh, good relationship. Our home system is one of those uh, newfangled fun ones for <laughs> the diplomacy card where spending it on command tokens and plastic in one round is an enticing opportunity. Uh, in the absence of any construction objectives, I consider it a solid late-in-the-order pick, even with the idea that you'll be giving everyone else a go at the secondary. And I actually think this stays true uh, basically game long. Yeah. Uh, does that mean green check marks all the way across? Uh, I would give, I'm going to give uh, a green check mark to the early game with okay. diplomacy. Uh, and then maybe after that, it just kind of, it's just neutral. It's just neutral. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there, the, it is true that, the fact that we have this home system is not going away at some point. So we yeah. always have one really solid planet right. for diplomacy. That's the big thing with a good Diplo faction. Um, there's t- Basically, I look, at, I look at two factors when I consider Diplo at all. Home system planets and 
a Cohen jail ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if my slice has a Cohen jail ear, I like Diplo. Just period. Yeah. P- straight up and down, I like Diplo. Oh, the value is nuts. Yeah. I mean, what, that's two command counters and a dreadnought. Right. And with with uh, Empyrean, we can do even more. Instead right. of a 2-3, it's a 3-4. If we have some trade goods to do extra command counters or whatever, you know, that's that's seven influence that then also is five resources to build with. So yeah, D- Diplo just kind of sounds great all the time. It's great. Um, and and it re- it really goes along with the uh, the need for command tokens as well in the early game, being yeah. able to spend that whenever somebody pops leadership and then just like, immediately get your home system back. It's right. it's pretty wonderful. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about it, though, at this point. Cool. Um, politics. Uh, yeah. Politics. What do we we have a blue? We have a blue skip or not a blue skip. We start with blue tech. We start with blue tech. Automatically yep. sounds like Mechatol. Faction. That's good. Yeah. And and we're a wealthy faction. So, I mean, it's not you know, that's not nothing. So we're yeah wealthy. With a blue starting tech, so custodians is a no-brainer for us if we can get politics round one. Outside of the early game, though, we would love to have a decent speaker order without having to take politics ourselves and lose out on the value of trade or leadership. Mm-hmm. So mid and late game, I'd rather not take it myself. I'd rather buy it. Yeah. Um, so I would define this as a normal relationship. Uh, maybe even uh, a little bit on the badder side. We're right. just like, I think the thing with politics now is, you know, if you're a faction that doesn't have much trading power, the idea of taking politics, yeah. making a speaker token trade uh, gets you a little bit of everything. Sure. You know what I mean? It's sure. going to get you a favorable order. It's going to make you a little bit of money or get some action cards. Right. Uh, Imperium, we're not hurting for any of that, so I don't the like t- a speaker token trade is like whatever. Well, and I, more importantly, you have a lot to offer. You have yes, multiple yes. tools in the toolkit to offer. So, so even in the strategy phase, looking at the player to your left and saying, "Listen, I'm not going to take politics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take some other juicy thing, right? And I can cut you in on that value if you let me get speaker token." Yeah. And and a lot of people will take you up on that because you have genuine value to offer them. You say, hey, I'll promise you a watcher sabotage whenever you need it. Right. Or I can quite literally give you Dark Pact. Or I can give you some of my many commodities or whatever. Like yeah. you, you have so many things in your toolkit that you, you can get that kind of value. And that's the sort of trades you are looking for in this game. You're not just looking for raw economic value as Imperium. You're looking for these positional and tempo-based advantages. Yeah, and honestly, I would say that this goes so far as for me to say, like, you know, maybe that in the early game, it gets kind of a green check mark that it's good. Yeah. And then in the mid-late game, I I really don't like it. I don't want to have to be taking it. Right, right. It is is something I would rather avoid. It's something I would rather uh purchase right, right so uh so next up is construction we just talked about diplo being pretty good which does not seem favorable for construction generally speaking yeah so i would define this as a suboptimal uh relationship we don't really like having to do structure objectives as imperium we have no inherent synergy with structures and with a blue starting tech we can get sling ray uh sling relay that is uh, but but it's actually called sling ray i don't know if you've learned that but uh we can get sling ray anytime we want uh, which with uh, the Warfare Secondary should be more than enough plastic uh, to win as Imperion. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our solid home system, even in round one, I would be tempted to take Diplomacy over it if I don't have a solid uh, round one planet for a forward dock, uh, especially in that yeah. in that situation, I should say. Right. Uh, overall, I'd say if we don't take it early, we'd love to avoid, avoid thinking about it at all, right. provided uh, the objectives allow. Structure objectives... 
not our favorite objectives, not a lot of synergy with everything else that we do. And right. I mean, there's just zero. There's yeah. no specific well a major part stuff. of our game is getting into spaces without planets mm-hmm. so like empyrean are not defined by getting all up in everybody else's grill it's all about occupying the spaces in between other players oh yeah and having kind of your own little slice and like sure some structures in our slice we won't bulk at but it's definitely not the focus of our economy so and and yeah so it sounds like a three thumbs down early yeah mid-end, I'd, late I'd, game. I'd, I'd i'd say all all thumbs down uh, we'd rather uh, never take it. We'd rather never uh, deal with it. Yeah. But I mean, uh, obviously, when I say that, if structure objectives come out, they Play come out. Game. There's no, yeah. you know, there is no getting around yeah. that. So you will sometimes have to take construction and whatever. But and and, and in that situation, uh, I would focus on space docks, right? I mean, totally. I, I would even put space docks on like a one resource planet because you, you're you're there's a lot of situations where you're going to get sling relay. Yeah. Uh, and and that's just more space docks to put those and, unactivated ships in right so, and now we can sling our flagship yeah. further out from our home yeah. system maybe get to up to some business there yeah so that. don't don't bother with pds for as long as you can get get the space docks down if, if you have to if you're if you're trying to do all that kind of stuff yeah tell right. me about trade without telling me about everything. all of everything that we're gonna do with metagaming yeah so <laughs> um this is the one that i think is the, the we have the best uh, relationship best synergy with it's our best friend and favorite pick uh, since it goes so neatly uh, with our packs and really everything else. We're yeah. a four-commodity faction that is sen- incentivized to make neighbors with the entire table while also netting extra trade goods from our <laughs> best buddy, Pact Partner. Yep. We'll talk about the best buddy system when we get to trading a meta, but we can play our money advantage into more command tokens for more frontier exploration, more plastic to gum and lock up uh, the late game, and for relevant uh, objectives. Now, yeah, I didn't even mention the spend objective is like the last thing I'm mentioning here. But also, don't you remember economy helps you win the game? Yeah. Long story short, it's good all game long. And we rival Hakan in the money zone. Green yeah. check marks all across the board. Um, it's great. I mean, it's just like you can never really have enough money. Yeah. As Empyrean, um, you there's no that yeah there's no limit to how much i would just prefer to take trade every single yeah, round yeah. let's basically. let's even just leave it at that suffice it to say take trade every opportunity you can unless there is an obvious objective reason you have to i mean do something uh, different. like yeah i mean the the most obvious thing is if it's the last round of the game yeah. i mean it's a, the trade is the five uh strategy card so. does that mean i'm gonna give it uh, a thumbs down in the late game nope. no no <laughs> No. Still good. Yeah. Still good. If if you're like last in the pick order and everybody else picked a higher initiative order, you're super thrilled to Just get, get trade. It. Just yeah. get it. Maybe you'll win. Maybe you'll find a way to win. Uh, okay. So Warfare, we're kind of a command token faction. We we have an ability already in our stuff that sometimes pulls our tokens off the board. How do we feel about doing that ourselves with a strategy card? Yeah. So Warfare, I would uh, rank as slightly below uh, average relationship. If I was a listener to this show, though, I would maybe... Uh, take everything I ever say about the warfare strategy card. Yeah, you just don't like it. I'm just not. I'm just not a big. I'm not big on it. But yeah. uh, just to try and give it its due here, um, we are a two C four I faction, so we're not exactly hurting to do the secondary round one. But we'd probably liked it if uh, somebody else did it, mm-hmm. uh, which is not necessarily a reason to take it right. for the primary. But in the early game with our great uh, diplomacy home system, I feel like I'd rather uh, Diplo then even fill out my slice super fast. I mean, how much value am I going to get out of uh, filling out the whole slice if if I could just spend yeah. my my stuff uh, at home yeah. twice? Um, 
it could always help us take like an equidistant, but unless the equidistant is hopes end or primor, I feel uh, like we'll need a PDS just to be competitive with that equidistant, which yeah. is kind of suboptimal to me. Uh, so unless we need it for uh, scoring an early control objective, now this is actually an important note. That's always a smart thing to do uh, with a faction that has no real advantages to yeah. combat. Uh, so sneaking in, getting those control objectives as soon as you can is always great. Right. So that that is a use where I would very much be like, okay, cool, uh, warfare is good to do. Um, but hey, you can always try and buy a control objective with all that cold, hard Manta cash right. you got, or, or should I say bat cash? Um, <laughs> we could use it to go ham on dark energy tap for one round, like explore multiple frontier stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think that is a little bit of a trap, uh, and I'm going to push against that in the exploration section. Um, I would say... It's a questionable mm -hmm. card all game long. So yeah. I would kind of give it like a gray kind of neutral uh, neutral deal, yeah. basically. I, I will put one little point in Warfare's count, and it's because it's the kind of thing that Hunter generally doesn't like at all anyways, but it's the kind of thing I will see other more bold players uh, suggest. Oh. But I'm not saying bold is a good thing. I'm just <laughs> saying bold. Uh, but... You have four influence at home. You are a money-making faction mm -hmm. who your first action will probably be moving a, a destroyer to someone else to trade anyways. You're probably going to make some money. Um, if you can get a decent amount of cash, uh, you can very easily get Gravity Drive and take Mechatol Rex round one if you really wanted to swing for the fences and push for it. Hunter, basically, I think Hunter and I never prefer taking Mechatol round one because it always leaves you sort of defenseless somewhere else. Sure. But for people desperate to get their extra point, that 10th point that they need, the guac, if you're desperate for the guac and you see, and, and you're, you know, you were first picked, so you could not take uh, politics. Although I don't think warfare is a first, uh, first turn pick, but regardless, my point is if you know, you're not going to get custodians round two, and you want to, to push for it, Warfare can help you get Custodians round one and cut everybody else off. Uh, yeah. Because you don't even need trade to maybe make some decent money. Because you're going to give Dark Pact to the trade holder and make like at least five bucks if they have four commodities, right? You're just going to get five dollars and you can maybe find one more dollar. Six bucks is all you need. Two trade goods, four influence, four dollars for tech. You can just take Mechatol round one. It's possible. That's all I'll say about it. I'm not even going to say it's like an amazing, great thing you should do, but I feel like it's worth mentioning with round one warfare exclusively. Yeah. I mean, and this is something that's true with a lot of factions yeah. that you, that if you can make the money, right. uh, you can take Mechatol Rex round one. Um, I don't know that because of, because of Empyrean's a bit like the, the I'm going to now get, take my Empyrean hat off mm -hmm. uh, and put on everybody else's hat. Um, I would not let, Empyrean get uh, guac like that through trade. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they'd have to give me in order to make that be worth it because one of the problems that we'll talk about with uh, Empyrean is if they lock the points up, it's very difficult to stop them. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the big thing they have going. Uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world for every objective. Um, they're not like super across the board good at all of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, w I would say to to not allow someone to do what Matt just right. described. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You 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 will lose some points in the in the game's uh, meta points if you if you pull this stuff off. So it, it's it's pretty questionable. Sometimes though, it, 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 it I mean, if it's like you know, it's somebody's gonna get it, yeah. you know, and if it's not you, I don't know. I guess maybe you should make money right, out of it. Right. But 
Okay, tell me about technology then. Um, yeah, so tech, this is going to be, this is a weird thing to say, maybe. Um, I feel like I could get some pushback for that, but I actually feel like tech is a bit of a suboptimal relationship with Empyrean. Um, Empyrean is a really unique faction for a lot of reasons, but one of my favorites is that they are one of the least tech-dependent factions on the on the right map. In a situation where the anomalies are spread out sensibly, your Aether Stream is going to be a cure-all tech that gives plus one movement to all units and therefore makes most unit upgrades uh, somewhat pointless. Even in a game where the anomalies are not spread out exactly how we would like, we start with one blue, and we do not have a complicated tech path. On top of that, we start with DET and the likelihood that we will pick up an enigmatic device. Uh, that's the frontier card that allows you to spend six resources to research another tech. Uh, that's a high likelihood. So especially when compared to all the other factions, I would say we have a game-long lack of need to take the tech strategy card for ourselves. It's just... I mean, you can win as Empyrean and just not really research that much tech. Yeah. I don't know. It's just right. not not super needed. So I would... Um, honestly, I don't know that we've ever given a thumbs down to, <laughs> to tech, tech right. across the board, but I would. Right. Just like the secondary will do you yeah. uh, in most games. Well, and especially in the late game, if you save up some enigmatic devices, totally. like if you get them in the early game, I would rather... I know it's spent. It's burning a lot of money. I, I'm always questionable on the value of enigmatic device. We have money, but we have money. I would like to stall in the late game, and if my stall is getting me fleet logistics and then light wave deflector with two separate enigmatic devices, uh, that's pretty good. But it <laughs> won't even be final round. It won't even be that. Yeah, you'll already have those tech <laughs> right. because you're so close to them already. Yeah. So I mean, it's like by round you know, by round three, you're already talking about getting lightweight. Yeah. And by the time you get to round five, you probably have full blue You're just tech. making up stuff to do yeah, at that point. I mean, Your enigmatic de device is like, I guess I'll get carrier two and even more movement or something yeah. crazy. I mean, it's, who knows? So, it yeah. really just comes down to like, because Aetherstream can kind of make the unit upgrades a little bit pointless. They're not all like, there's not, you know, no value to any of them. Obviously, a lot of them give these kind of fringe benefits. Yeah. But the fact that you could get by without really picking them up uh, is uh, that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot of tech we're sort of cutting out yeah. of a normal path. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm thumbs down all the way early, mid wow. and late. I'm okay. bold about it cool. right now. I feel like it's as suboptimal as like construction. Yeah. Where it's like we don't really want to see the tech objectives come out. Right. We don't like them anyway. We don't like so. them. Um, and then we just don't have a need for doing that primary. Right, right. Okay, well, then walk me through Imperial. Let's wrap this up. Okay, so Imperial, uh, I've defined this as a less needy yeah. relationship. Not suboptimal, less needy is right. how I would describe it. It's like we have in the relationship between Imperial and the Imperial card, uh, as opposed to all the other factions, which I would say are super dependent. Right. Uh, this is more like, uh, you know what? Empyrean has a little more of the power in the relationship. Uh, so similar to the uh, technology card, we have natural advantages when it comes to the Imperial strategy card, although Imperial is more essential to the game overall. So it is difficult to pin down exactly where it where it ends up. Yeah. But uh, since with our uh, frontier exploration, we are most highly hoping to get extra secret objective draws, we have a slight advantage. We still need the primary, like normal, uh, because we need to get guac points or extra points in order to win. Sure. Um, 
but we get more options to skip out on the secondary if we don't need it. Right. So I would kind of, uh, if I were to put this in terms of the uh, the uh, infographic, yeah. uh, I would put it as pretty neutral in the uh, early and mid game, and then probably a green check mark in the late game because sure. how always. Can, I mean, it's always yeah, always a, always a green check mark in the late game. Yeah, it's funny too the idea that I mean, Empyrean is not a a particularly great Mechatol faction in terms of taking and holding it. You can get there first, but you but you're not it's, holding. It's it. rare that Empyrean is the one sitting I mean, on Mechatol like, at the end of the game. It's like Hakan though, yeah. where it's like they've got the money to 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 get it. Yeah. Um, and then and then just leave, right. you know, because it's just like whatever they're gonna make up. They're trying to sneak in, uh, get get an extra point, and then just move on with their game. Right. And I would say in in that situation, you know, maybe there are games you can win as Empyrean and you never even did the primary of Imperial. Right. So it's very hard to decide like where that green check mark needs to go right. within the game. There, one of the phases of the game has a green check mark and it's different every game. It Sometimes really, you need yeah. Imperial round two because right. that's when you're going to score an Imperial point because you're going to jump on Mechatol real fast totally. and then duck out. And then you're never going to take Imperial ever again or whatever. But yeah, at some point... You need to take Imperial once, and and you choose how that works out for you. It's probably not the mid game though. Technically, I mean, it's not going to be the best it could be in the mid game. Right. Yeah, and I mean, we're not. We don't have any advantages when it comes to invading, like yeah. taking it from someone who's entrenched on it. Right. So yeah, right. I don't know, but less needy. Okay. Well, let's circle back around to tech then. Uh, it sounds like we are we have kind of an easy go of it in terms of uh, we don't have a dependency on our tech path. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, how does how does that kind of all lay out for us? This section will be sh- probably shorter than any tech section we've we've had in any <laughs> of these uh, in any of these guides. But um, I'm going to pick us out a core tech path right now. Um, so we start with DET. We need one more blue tech mm-hmm. that could be sling ray, that could be grav drive, that could be even anti mass. I don't yeah. care. You get a little extra value out of anti mass because right. of frontier tokens. Um, and then once we've researched that one other blue, uh, we get Aether Stream, and then that is the end of the Cortex path. I, ha- I I literally have nothing else to recommend <laughs> kind of across the board. Right. We'll talk about where we can go from here. Round one, if you took tech and made six bucks and decided to get Sling Relay and Aether Stream, what Hunter's saying is you could be done. <laughs> you could be you, done it, ever spending money on tech ever again. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, let's be clear. You'll you get are, an enigmatic device. You'll buy more tech. Right. But you do not need more tech. You're going to get more, but I do feel like at, pretty much after you pick up Aetherstream, we've kind of got a lot of stuff yeah. figured out. Right. And, uh, and it's great. Um, but let's talk about what else we can do after this. Um, we could get every uh, blue tech, and we could get all <laughs> six of them. Whatever. Lightwave is great for your faction, as you can use it to scoop up extra frontier tokens without even making people mad. Because of Aether Passage. Right. I can sneak into your area. Pick, you can just move through me. And then, no, it's not. Yeah, it's like, you don't even have to kill I'm me now. I can I just, I'm not in the way. I'm never in the way. Uh, Sling Relay is great if you haven't gotten it, uh, as it's a good stall for you in the late game, and it maximizes your production. It helps you get away with uh, having to get that forward dock or yep. whatever. Yep. Uh, Grav Drive can come in handy uh, for the Custodians, and more movement is never really a bad thing. Um... And then fleet logistics, I would say, is like normal good. Yeah. I mean, it's still good, but it's, you know, 
I don't know. It it it'll it'll occasionally win you the game. Right. Uh, it's it's not an end all be all. Yeah, I want to I want to drive home the point about sling relay. Um, I, to me that has the most synergy with this faction because like oh, yeah. I said, we don't ever need construction. And and so the big argument is like, well, am I going to sling relay only in my home ever? Well, when you have aether stream, well, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you still have the movement. Like right. your your ships are still going to get all over the place. So only ever building at home really doesn't negatively impact you that desperately right i mean you're gonna have games where you need a little bit more than that but we we aren't desperate for it um so we 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 are a movement faction uh and if you get gravity drive and aether stream and sling relay like you are golden you're gonna be totally totally fine yeah yeah. and and honestly if you want to throw in you know carrier two uh-huh why not i don't care i mean it's it's you you can do it if you want i i don't feel like it is a necessity um, if you have a yellow skip, you want to throw in dread too. Fine. Why like I, I just, I, I just feel like none of it's necessary. Is n- the point? No, it doesn't feel. None of yeah. it really feels that necessary because aether, aether stream is like too good. I mean, it's just <laughs> right. like with the, it, you can only get messed up by the map yeah. basically by the right. map being like just kind of wonky for it. Yeah, you can look at your map and know if actually this time unit upgrades might be kind of important. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about an alternate path. I'm going to call this the blue green path. I, I think deep blue is, uh, much better, mm-hmm. but if you are looking for, uh, an alternate, I feel like taking neural or psycho with Empyrean is all right. Yeah. Bio stims is pretty ge- great for getting more out of sling relay. Uh, fighter two carrier two, uh, can be a good way to gum and make up, uh, for a map that makes aether stream. No good. Dread two would be chill as well. If you have a yellow skip. I do not feel the need to really go down any other, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't feel the need of throwing yellow into this yeah. or red. Um, I know that might be kind of boring and that there are people that are like, ah, oh, but AI dev plus X thing, and that's fine, and that's chill. Yeah, Aether Stream is just such a cool tech right. that even, like, I mean, it's like what Matt was saying way earlier, when we were talking about the map, it's like, how bad can the map really be for yeah. Aether Stream? In most cases, it the worst it can be is like, well, it's useful over here, but it's not useful over here. Yep. But it still was useful somewhere. So um, I, I, I really think it is just it's just so great. Yeah, you, you have so much movement advantages that even things like transit diodes go down in value, right? We have these mechs that we want to get adjacent to people. And so I think you have an incentive to go like, oh, but transit diodes, if I can if I can move my watchers around and get them where I need them, cool. You can just do that with the capacity of moving your ships right. around. You, right. you, you have enough movement that transit diodes doesn't even really save you any time there. Right. Sure, it would be nice, but it's just too far out of the way. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Really full blue with maybe a diversion into blue-green is all you need. What about, we talked a little bit about Void Watch earlier, but... Is there anything else to say uh, in terms of its value? Yeah, we've sort of already talked about how Void Watch and Aether Passage kind of work against each other in some weird ways. Yeah, um, yeah, people don't really need to activate you in order to get past your ships, so I'd always rather just kind of get the money yeah. um, for Aether Passage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, n- don't really have a place for Void Watch. Uh, it'll come up every once in a while. You'll draw the faction tech thing, and then you can go blue green or whatever. Sure. Um, but I, I, I would prefer, I think, Neural, Psycho, and yeah. uh, Biosims are all better neural, for you. Neural is that interesting get of, like, we're all kind of down on Neural these days because, mm-hmm. like, you can just do politics. You can do the secondary of politics a bunch. Sure. But, I mean, we have 
a sab we have sabotages that cost us two dollars yep uh, all game long uh if we get hope send we have even more free sabotages so increasing our amount of action cards that we can do uh is not too bad for us because we can sabotage sabotages. Right. So good action cards in our hands are very potent. A public disgrace, an Imperial Rider, those are like almost guaranteed things for us. If we get an Imperial Rider in our hand, that's it. I mean, that that can be a point as long as we play it right in the agenda phase. Obviously, Imperial Rider is never guaranteed, but my, I'm just saying really well, good action cards are better for us. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, it, it, a really good draw can kind of lock up the game uh, for you just mm-hmm. because of that, yeah, preventative uh, stuff. Let's let's uh, let's talk about a few pie in the sky um, tech. I said I wasn't going to talk about yellow and red at all. I I will, but only in this specific context. So let's uh, buy War Sons from Muat. <laughs> when you first introduced this idea to me, I was like, oh, what is that really reliable? Uh, it turns out it, I've seen Hunter get uh, War Sons every single time Muat is in the game. Every single time. I bought it from them 100% of the time. So uh, we're good with monies, buy it from them, play War Sons Empyrean. It's amazing. Uh, Guess what? War Sons go great with Aether Stream. So it's (laughs) insane. Literally insane. Yeah. Um, You could get, uh, maybe if you you get uh, Maw of Worlds, which is going to, you're pretty good at exploration. So that's going to come up. Um, Use that to get Assault Cannon would be cool. Integrated Economy Mm -hmm. would be cool. if you go the blue green path where you get uh, psychoarchaeology, if you happen to have a red skip, I think self-assembly routines can actually be worth it yeah. for uh, Imperion, uh because we're spending our max. Yeah, we're spending them on use on them, yeah. use them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, use them and make money for them. That's right. two bucks that you can just earn back for yourself. And uh, what you su- how how does the remind me how the mech works? You sustain it, you kill it, you remove it, you remove it, you remove it. So you, so, so the one thing is it doesn't sink, it doesn't truly sink with self assembly because you're not getting that dollar back no. when you use the watcher as a as a sabotage. But doesn't matter because most of the time you're using it as a sabotage, you're getting paid to do so, or it's earning you the benefit of not being hurt by the action cards. So right. And, they and, make, and my they make point their is value. just is just, just to, to get make them out it easy to get them out. Yeah. That's 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 all that really matters totally, with self assembly totally. routine. Cool. Love it. Let's talk about exploration, uh, which is of course a focus of this faction. Yeah. If only because they start with DET. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about relic hunting. Uh, we're good at it. We've got your normal. Uh, initial exploration RNG for relic fragments, mm-hmm. plus our above average access to the unknown relic fragments from the t- frontier deck, of which there are three, combined with our uh, rich bat cash, <laughs> means we should be getting a relic or two every single game. You could even throw a scan link into your life if you want to go ham on it, but I think that is a little bit win more, uh, unless you know. There are mostly fragments yeah. left in the deck, which is, by the way, that's true for anyone. Yeah. If for some right. reason the the fragments just do not come out, yeah. the value of scan link goes up in the mid game. Yeah. That just yeah. always happens. A mid game scan link is always an option for any player at the table. Right. And you get more mileage out of it because you also probably are sitting on one or two unknown uh, relic fragments and you can buy more fragments. All, sure. So, yeah, I agree with all that. Every single step of the way and your neighbors with everybody. You're near all of the relic fragments. Right. So just like you can you can get these things. Yeah, I, I will I, say, though, this never came up for me. I never felt like I should get scan link. I just yeah. wanted to throw it out there as just kind of a note. Uh, for fragments you're not gonna have that game where rng just says no fragments come out in round one that's not gonna happen but if it does you know you know what to do um so let's talk about the frontier 
deck a little bit. This is not going to be as comprehensive as the exploration episode that we did, so you might want to check that one out yeah. uh, again. But there are a lot of decent cards and some not so decent in the Frontier deck, but our number one concern should always be finding the Derelict Vessel card in order to draw more secret objectives. We're not horrible at objectives, but we're not the best either, so we'd like to make sure that we have three very, very scorable secret objectives in our hand. The other cards we might find along the way are just gravy, but make the derelict vessel your main focus. Yeah. Um, look out for competition. If you're in a game with a Winu player that grabbed DET, a Sardak player that researched DET for their first tech, or just some other player that decided to pick it up, uh, make sure to try and sneak any of the Frontier tokens closest to that player's home system first yeah. so as to maximize your investment in DET. But... Do not overspend trying to take <laughs> what a what an tokens. annoying balance you have going, to going both ways there. Yeah. Going to throw both at you. Our main goal is to just get more secret draws. So try to keep in mind mm-hmm. how many are left and let that guide you in stretching out for more. I'd say on average, you should just do one per round using the agent until you decide to play the hero, or if you're competing with someone else. Uh, for the secret objective draw. Um, Hero notes, getting three or four draws off the hero is good enough. You don't need to spend a lot of time or a lot of your time thinking about how to maximize the value of this hero as it's far from our greatest strength as a faction. Also, don't be afraid to play it a little early to try and scoop the derelict vessel from a competing faction with DET. So much of this game for Empyrean all comes down to if somebody else got DET or not. It is, is slightly different. That's yeah. always true of DET. One mm-hmm. person with DET is like, cool, I don't have to think about anybody. The second two people have DET, it's like, ah. And because Empyrean starts with it, that means that it's always a factor in their head. Right. And yeah, a lot of your value in the game goes down if someone else is just out there nabbing up all of the tokens. Yeah. So um, I, I especially like that idea of like, you know what? Sometimes... You just need to burn that hero because it's not about maximizing how many possible card draws I can get. Mm-hmm. It's about beating the other dark energy tap person to the good draws. Right. So even if I'm only getting three draws, if there's six cards left in the deck, I would rather draw those three cards and hope to get the right RNG right. than try to have gotten five, wait for the deck to reshuffle. Now there's too many options and it just it just gets kind of gross uh, really quickly if two people are, are digging through the deck. So yeah prioritize getting the draws fast as opposed to getting as many draws too late as you right, can. Right. And the other thing too, is that like the goal, like the, the reason I'm kind of harping on derelict vessel is because I just think that that one is significantly higher value. That's the game winner. Right. I mean, but here's the thing though. Uh, if you already have three secrets in hand and they're all really easy, right. what do you care? Yeah. And, and I have run into games where I'm like, I don't really care about DET that much anymore. Yep. So I, so in that situation, I actually end up just spending the hero frivolously. frivolously yeah. So I'm like, what am I going to get out of this? Let's just see. Yeah. Let's yeah. just pick up my commodities or whatever it was going to be, you know, or try and find. It Mirage, becomes an opportunistic stall at that point. Yeah. It's like a really good stall in the late game. If if you no longer need to do it, it's like, well, okay, I'll I'll do it when I just need to stall a little. Totally. Bit. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, don't be obsessed with it, but uh, but we are pretty good at exploration, which is nice. Yeah. Let's get into the weeds with trade. Yeah, here and we go. Meta, we we've kind of been uh, futzing about this one, so let's actually get into it. First off, Hunter, you referenced earlier the idea that we have a best buddy, our dark pack buddy. Walk me through uh, how that relationship works. So I'm gonna get. Uh, this is where I'm gonna get maybe a little uh, too specific or a little too uh, into style. 
Um, this is just an idea for how you could think about Dark Pact. It was something I used in my games and I felt like was very successful. Some metas are not going to allow this type of thinking and some will. Um, so I I kind of had this idea in my head of making a, a buddy. The Dark Pact buddy is what I called them in my head. I didn't call them this to... to they didn't know that they were my special buddy uh-huh. always. Some of them knew. Well, John could, always knew. John, John always, always knew. knows. <laughs> John always knows. Uh, other people, though, that I played against did not realize that they had become my buddy, my secret buddy. Uh, so Dark Pact is a great promissory note to give to a neighbor who has big guns. I'm trying to make a buddy. Am I going to just make a buddy with anybody? With Mentac? No. <laughs> That's not my buddy. You know? My buddy is a faction next to me that if we came to blows it would be it would be bad yeah. it would be not good yeah. we, we're not so good at fighting we're good at we're, we're like ghosts we're good at getting where we're not supposed to be yeah but we're not good at fighting muat l1 right. cabal sardak right. sar yes yeah so the so if you give that person if you give them dark pact then all through the early game and the mid game they're going to be thinking about how many trade goods they might be missing out on if they are not, uh, if if they attack you, um, so it's 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 a a good way to de incentivize violence. It runs out, but it is it's still worth it. So uh, so I recommend that this is the part that people are going to push back on. But I think that you pick your your buddy that you want to de incentivize violence against mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You give them the card for guess what? Nothing. You just give it to them. <laughs> I don't really care about selling it. Yeah. Some people like to sell it. I think if you are selling it, then maybe you're giving it to the wrong person yeah. for me. I want to give it to a mean, mean boy to make it my mean, mean boy buddy. <laughs> person buddy, I should say. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say if you're going to sell it, maybe a trade good. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I, it, th- this is not my style. We're now getting into style stuff, okay? So you, you're, you can go your own way with this or whatever. This might annoy you, but yeah. I think we just get automatic value out of the card just being played. Yeah. So I'd rather uh, have the right friend in the early game rather than maximize uh, my value. Yeah. Muat is so great for this because they can sell you War Suns. So Dark Pact is like your first soft move yeah. towards making that purchase. You're going to do debt meta with Muat. You're going to have oh, yeah. some debts and you're going to say, listen, I want War Suns so bad and I will, I will over time make it worth your while because I've got, I've got this dot ability yeah. that is <laughs> damage... Trade goods over time. T got ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are you are the warlock of Ti uh, in how you make money, and you want all of that money to go into Muat's pockets. Uh, even though they make a lot of money themselves, you want those war sons. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's once you have a dark pact with somebody uh, in that early game, any trade that you propose with them, it's kind of on top of the idea. Yeah. That we've been, hey, but we've been going good with this whole pack thing. We're making each other pretty rich, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty even. And that's why I say, like, maybe there's not a point to selling it for money. Maybe you just want it in somebody's hands yeah. so that it's played, so, right. it's, so it's useful to you. Um, the people I would not want to give this to are rich factions like Hakan, Jolnar, Nazaroka. Yeah. Um, I think the value uh, is really as a deterrent. 
uh, and and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. that that's that's my. You're angle not just looking to make someone rich. You're looking to make someone who could hurt you rich. Yeah. And these other these Jolnars and Nazrokas are not necessarily that, and they are also doing lots of other wheeling dealing, and you're giving them more tools to out wheel and deal you, and you don't want to do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, to be clear too, as a Hakan player, I don't think I I don't think I actually want dark path of course not i don't no. want to have to give my six commodities to one player now i that's I, not gonna work yeah. i have an agent that lets me do some wacky stuff with that sure so i i haven't fully mathed that out and i'm sure there's people who are like no actually hakan and imperian are great dark pack partners but regardless no i, I think you're i, I think I you're correct i don't think yeah i don't think either person in that relationship wants to do that yeah no i i, I don't think the i don't think the hakan agent even factors into it i just don't think that you, they're really uh the right the right person for yeah. it yeah uh, Joel Nar, I think of those three are maybe somebody that people would like to do that with. But to be honest, if I'm playing as Empyrean, how much do I really need research agreement? It sounds yeah. like a luxury to me at this right. point. We've already defined that I'm really not hot totally. on like getting, being all about the tech. Um, so I mean like, yeah, wh- what do I need that for? I, Same I, with Nasroka to a certain extent. Exactly. We're maybe okay at... I mean, yeah. I mean, Nasroka is the best. Th- not yeah. the best one, because, yeah, I wouldn't mind having Black Market Forgery, a single planet explorer plus my unknown and Black Market Forgery. But do I need to give you, like, no. Dark Pact to make that happen? No. Probably not. No, no, no. Yep, totally, totally, totally. Okay, well, let's talk about Blood Pact for a little bit. Sure. Uh, Blood Pact's tough. Uh, it's, so it's more valuable as a stall, I think, to other people than anything else. Mm-hmm. I think you maybe get a trade good or two uh, for it if you find a player in need of that. However, once you get to round three or four... I don't think there is a point in trying to even get paid for it. Give it to somebody because for all you know, you might need it. That yeah. four extra votes could come in handy. I don't think there's a point to like just holding on to it yeah. and, and just having it waste well, away. And, and it's because it is a stall. They have to play it as an action. It's not even valuable to give to someone during an agenda to then boost. Like you can't do that. You have to plan ahead for it. So you have to talk to someone. At, and because it's so far removed from when it's going to be useful, there's very few people who are going to be willing to pay you for it anyways. Right. So you really are putting a, a gambit on just like, maybe this will be valuable later. I don't know. Right. Uh, my bigger question to you, Hunter, and we're going to talk about the Alliance as well here in a second, but I have four notes yeah. that all say, don't attack me. Yeah. Do I give those four notes to four players or is my best buddy just get fallen rich in it? Support swap alliance swap blood pact dark pact do i give them at all well, or do you try to spread the love as much as you can it's kind of deceptive though the way that you framed it because sure. we don't really those don't most of those are actually not the, strong deterrents right nobody cares to lose your commander your command so alliance, alliance is useless alliance blood is, not pact is useless yeah. it really is only dark pact and support for the throne and dark pact does not last all game right if it's the end of the game then and and someone could say like oh well your whole muat plan doesn't make sense because muat's gonna turn on you yeah. when, like it's at at the point where it matters the least is when muat is gonna use uh the uh, what is it called nova thing yeah, whatever nova it is seed on you nova yeah. seed um I still think that it is worthwhile to make those factions happy in the early game yeah maybe that means that you get left out of that nova seed maybe right maybe it doesn't right. Um, I think having that goodwill in a lot of metas will really help once it gets to that point. Totally. Um, I think when it comes to blood pact, it's basically not a thing. Yeah. 
The alliance I think that's is not the best thing. point to drive home is it really is almost never a deterrent. Support for the throne, even though you have four things that say do not attack me, only one of them works. Yeah, and, I mean, and, support and, and, for and the pe- throne works. It just depends on when we're, where we're at in the game. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. support for the throne is the only one that is actually a deterrent and right. the other three well, players are willing to burn depending on the timing i do i do think dark i will stand dark by the pack idea that dark legs pack on it is is a strong deterrent in the early and mid yes. game because yes. you're looking at that thinking like all right here's how much here's how many trade goods i'm losing out on automatically just from attacking empyrean yeah here. yeah okay well outside of the don't attack me side of it where does the alliance fall into actually being tradable? Yeah, people so, want our commander. Yeah, we haven't really talked about the commander too much, but it's just a really weird commander because it really isn't very good. Yeah, but we're but we're about to talk about how it can really lock down your final round. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to uh, our final uh, section. Yeah, uh, because it makes wind slaying you like a little bit tricky. Um, this wouldn't prevent me from like doing a favorable alliance swap. Yeah. But I would be a little considerate about giving it up to uh, the player in the lead mm-hmm. or selling it for basically nothing. Yeah. Um, I think I think that it's worth something. It's just very hard to quantify how much it's worth. Know what you're giving up is the yeah. big thing here. And if you're giving your alliance to a player who has a good shot of being in the running in the end, you may be giving them more than you realize in the moment that you give it to them. If you trade this in round three, you could be giving someone a locked down victory yep. in the end game. Yep. So you have to be careful of that. Yep. Um. So yeah, those are... Those are two things that we're talking about now that are not really that much fun to sell, but we have actually many more things to yeah. discuss. <laughs> yeah, that so can those be are, those, there's all the standard tradables. Sure. And then Empyrean has one, two, three, four, f- four more items to sell. So let's talk about Aetherstream. Yeah. So you can sell the use of your faction tech. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, advertise it to the other players that you can do this. They will forget a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, charge appropriate prices. Um, here's my rule of thumb you never you never have to care about what i say in this part this never if this is not your thing it's not your thing but here's how i do it i charge just one trade good for use of aether stream if i don't think it is for an objective which it i mean it almost always is is. right uh and if it is for an objective and i know for sure that it is then well we got to talk because (laughs) i think we're somewhere in the three to four trade good uh, approximate value type thing. Yep. Now, when I say approximate value, I mean maybe that's two trade goods and something else. Yep. You know what I mean? Or right. even one trade good and something really sweet. Right. You know. Well, and on the flip side of that, I mean, Hunter, you've you have. I didn't have the trade goods in my pocket, but we have had a conversation before in a game of like, listen, I could have charged you every trade good you had, no matter what, because I know how important this movement right. is to you. And Empyrean is in a position to say like, listen, I'll I'll give you oh this shot. I'll give you the shot at your game winning maneuver. If you pay the piper, I mean, if, yeah. if you if you turn up, then OK, fine, we can do this. Um, so you just have to you have to be able to read that room a little bit. Yourself. That's what that's what is so great about Aetherstream, though, is because if someone hits you up and wants it, it's worth a reason. Stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just like the the way it works in that way. Now, uh, when do I give it out for cheap? I mean, when slaying it goes for cheap. Sure. Uh, try not do it for nothing. Mid game. Mid mid game. It can mid-game. go for 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 cheap. If I really don't like I mean. There are times when people just want it for courtesy stuff. Like I like they, they just want it because they're trying to gum somewhere. That's a trade good. That's sure. nothing more. Um, you know, it, it. There are times where people want to use it, and it isn't strictly for a point. Yeah. If somebody's trying to take 
you know, if 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 Aetherstream works on Mechatol Rex and they're trying to take it from someone this round, they don't have Imperial themselves. That's yeah. probably just a trade good. Right. Because that's probably good for everybody. You know what I mean? Totally. So Aetherstream, very good. Let's talk. I'm, I'm screwing up your order a little bit here, but let's talk about two factors that I think we have in throughout this episode sort of downplayed a bit or or expressed they're difficult. Aether Passage and Dynamo, the flagship. Two more tradable abilities that I feel like we haven't kind of given a lot of coverage for. So I mean, I love Aether Passage. Sure. It's, it's similar to Aether Stream that you need to remind people that you can do this. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the game, this can be just as valuable as Aether Stream <laughs> right. because of this similar like, oh, what do you want Aether Passage for? Uh-huh. What are you trying to do with this? Yeah. Um, you're a toll booth. Uh, and I, I would say I apply almost the exact same trade good value to stuff. It's like, if it's... It, and, and actually... so what's, the, what's hilarious is the combo of the two because the, the big problem with Aether Passage is if the player doesn't have movement value to get there, to get there then they right. can't aether passage does nothing for them sure but it's like can you get aether stream now your stuff that's in the way is in the way of their movement that they actually have access to mm-hmm. hey you need both you need you need to get through my stuff and you need that bonus movement well guess what a couple bucks and you that's yours buddy yeah uh yeah i mean i uh, yeah it's 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 so good i i have uh was it you matt i think it was you who you paid me for access to someone's home system mm-hmm. and then another player yeah. The player whose paid home system you. was paid me to get back into their home yeah. system to fight you for it. Right. Loved it. I was just a third party making money. It was off an of- insult to me because you also charged the second player like half as much as you charged me. <laughs> well, but- and, and it makes because I'm the one fishing for the big scary point to go into someone's home system. The other person is just like, I just want to not be completely screwed over. Here. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you got paid twice for the same thing essentially from two different players okay right. so what about the flagship uh the flagship is tough to s- i i kind of just r- i just want to remind you that you can sell it yeah um it's hard to sell because it caught you have to spend to influence yeah which means the cost is crazy then. it's i mean it's three minimum use right because i have to be compensated for and does anybody want to spend three bucks yeah to repair a sustain sometimes Sometimes. You just uh, I just wanted to put it out there. Just remember, you yes. can sell the use of Dynamo. It does not specify just your units. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Haven't seen let's, it. Let's let's talk about the big one. Oh then. yeah. <laughs> buckle buckle. My up. favorite. My <laughs> We've got a mech that is a sabotage that is similar to Instinct Training, the extra tech. You can sabotage a sabotage. Yeah. So this is the Watcher, the mech. This is better than Instinct Training. This is my favorite. Instinct Training is used once around if you have biosims twice around the watcher is four times around or more if you build more mechs yeah uh so it's uh just if, if anybody's keeping track of my favorite things in the game number one gama mama of uh-huh. course, of course. Mwah. Mm-hmm. that's me kissing my gama mama number two is this flipping thing bro <laughs> um so this is like the mean aspect of empyrean uh, because you have sabotage on tab, you just <laughs> you just pull the the crank and right. you got oh that's another sabotage right there. Oh, got another one. Um, so as long as you have a watcher adjacent to that player's unit, sorry, that's the only thing we got to make sure we do that. Uh, so we need to try and set this up in as many ways as possible, and then embrace the idea that we will spend any time we will spend this any time a player is going to play a card that is useful to yep. them. Right. So it's a little mean. Uh, you have to be a little careful. You don't want to abuse this idea because you can 
easily you can end up getting baited. Yeah. You you can only have four mechs out at one time. So that's that's only four sabotages you have access to. Right. <laughs> Until you build more. Until you build more. In that round. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, I mean, that's significantly better than the potential of four sabotages in the deck that never come back. I just want to... So so the idea here is, like, somebody's going to play something really good. Somebody's going to play political stability. You sabo that. Yeah. I, I'm going to sabo that. Unless... 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 You pay me to not do it. So yeah. you can make this threat a lot. Right. Now, do you need to make this threat every single time? Do not do that because you will get right. baited. And, and or someone will just go ahead and delete that. They will go kill that watcher. Right. Before they play that card. Yeah. So the idea here, I probably don't even threaten to do this until like round three or round four. Right. It is a late it, game thing. Well, because that's when that's when people really care about the cards they're playing. Totally. In round two, a card I'm playing for some sort of benefit, I'm like, well, I'll figure it out later. Go ahead and watch it. Well, and I also, will pay you nothing. It's hard to get your watchers in position that, that fast. Early. Anyways. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like the, the, the real deal here is we can make money off of basically any, any action card that's being played uh, once we get those watchers into position. Yeah. Uh, and, and once if we- you get a watcher mm-hmm. adjacent to Mechatol Rex, mm-hmm. two people in combat over Mechatol Rex that you are not involved in. Right. You can threaten the watcher on like, a morale sides. boost. Yeah. They play the morale boost. You get paid to not watcher the morale boost. The other player says, I want to do, <laughs> I'll sabotage that morale boost. Right. You can get paid. To sabotage to the, sa- yeah, the sabotage ridic- or ridiculous. to not watcher the so, sabotage. All f- all parties are interested in the watcher's presence. Right, right. Yeah, so just, just keep an eye out for that critical stuff. Um, extort, yeah. but don't be afraid to spend it. Do not, do not extort unless you are willing to spend that watcher. And you should spend them, in my opinion. I spend them, I, I spend them a lot. Yeah. Um, and also, obviously, hope's end is like our favorite oh. planet in the game. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, because the, the win rate of Mobile Slice Gundam in our tournament right now for Empyrean. It's pretty high. It's good. It's very, I mean, that that's the slice Empyrean does well. And every time it happens in the draft, we go, oh, they let, they let the bad thing happen. I can't believe they let happen. that happen. Yeah, I can't believe they let that happen. Because as soon as the, if the mechs are just uh, trivial to yeah. you, then we can start, we can just threaten on every right. single card. We can, every single time someone wants to do an action card, you just be like, oh, uh-oh, yeah. you're in trouble now, and it doesn't cost me much of anything. I can flip this card and get another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah um, beautiful, beautiful thing right. added to the game, and I love it so much, and you make money off using it, make right. money off not using it. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, the sky is the limit for how much value you can get out of the, off of this. And just make sure, uh, the, I mean, really, the only thing I have, I think, of substance to add to this is to just make sure that you're not so mean with it mm-hmm. that people start baiting you or that, you know, people just start eliminating your stuff. Because right. one one thing that is bad about the Watcher is that you are incentivized to spread them out, yeah, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. really want to have them on the same spot, which means the sort of defensive optimization mm-hmm. of uh, our mechs is a little low. Right. So, well, And also, don't forget, sometimes... Sometimes those watchers are, are for you. <laughs> like oh, yeah. When you get that public disgrace that's going to get you Imperial later, don't burn all your watchers selling them because you need to save one for the strategy phase yes. when you're going to, you know, burn someone's sabotage on your public disgrace. Right? You, you got to remember what to protect yourself. So going with that idea, Hunter, we, we are weirdly trepidatious with not wanting to overdo it with the watcher. 
we have lots of other sellables. How far do we extend this philosophy? Uh, how much are we willing to let the table get away with everything and anything? How, we we have yeah. atheists. You can go through my stuff. Uh, oh, if you pay me $8, I'll let you win the game. I mean, wh- where when does it stop? Right. So, yeah, when... So, so everything I've described definitely embraces a very Jnor style, rising tide floats all boats uh-huh. approach. Uh, for Empyrean, that can be uh, really fun. Uh, but if you're going to win with this approach, you have to find your extra points, a.k.a. guac points. Guacamole. Uh, if you can't get any of those, you're probably not going to win. <laughs> and if that is the case, uh, I would encourage you to play hardball compared yeah. to what I've suggested in this guide, because what do you got to lose? Right. You know, if you are, if you are down as Empyrean, tighten up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, now now all that stuff costs a support for the throw. Yeah, a yeah. A non-swap support for them. That Sometimes that's your guac. Right. Sometimes your guac is just a non-swapped support for the throne. Little things like that. Or or someone guaranteeing you a point outside of the thing. You, yeah, you, you could start to charge a lot for this stuff if you have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't have to just, like, give everything away for a dollar. Yeah. I to- totally, totally. Okay. okay, so we need a guac point in, in general. But how else... How else do we win our game? What's our victory point? What's our objective situation look like as the Empyrean? Yeah. So I got a, I organized them a little differently. I think we've done this section like several different ways. A billion different ways. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about your stage one uh, public objectives. Um, So if we're talking, what's the obvious one? Economic objectives. We're great. We're good at it. It's not hard uh, to do. Control objectives. Uh, we're actually decent at the POK specific ones. Yeah. The like, uh, we get make history, like half, we get half right. of make history for free the just ba- in our home system. Totally. The base game stuff is all planet control, but a lot of the POK stuff is space control. Populate the outer rim. We're not bad at that. We're, we, we literally have an agent that makes it easier for us to do that. Yep. Um, or sorry, I, I, I meant to say the other one that I don't even remember which that one, what that Whatever. one is called. There's the one where there's, you're on the edge of the game board and then there's the one where you're where in planetless systems, planetless systems. Also so planetless go, getting system. into anomalies, which most of those are planetless systems. Right. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Many of those space controls are up your alley. So we're not super bad at those We're I would say we're, we're pretty good to okay. Um, the old school ones are a little bit tougher. Um, uh, I would suggest if you uh, play in a meta that allows this type of thing, I would try and buy them. Yep, you're point rich. Swap. Point swap, or or not even point swap, or just 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 pay, just yep. pay for them. Even right. uh, I, either is acceptable. Um, tech objectives, uh, we don't love them uh, as we'd like to just go full blue and ignore unit upgrades, but yeah. it doesn't ruin our lives if they come out. Uh, probably just means that we. I have mean, to that take one secret card. we dig <laughs> for four oh, and one yeah, color. Four and one color is like mwah. yummy, yeah. easy, easy peasy. Uh, miscellaneous components. Uh, command tokens are absolutely not a problem for us. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of just normal economic stuff. Um, structures don't lean into any of our advantages and are thus suboptimal. Pray to avoid them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about stage two. Uh, economic, ditto. We win off those. That yeah. means we won. Right. We won that game. Yeah, that's when you lock down, you put the flagship in your home system, you get a couple watchers where you need them, and you just say, bring it on. Try me. Yeah. Um, the control stage twos with light wave and movement, uh, the edge mm-hmm. edge systems slash no planet systems. Uh, those are probably a little bit in our favor, but those are just kind of hard in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of them are not going down easy for us. Uh, stall out your opponents and make a last minute grab with a watcher is my only advice. Yeah. Uh, but it will be hard if those come out. 
Um, tech objectives, boo. Right. Uh, miscellaneous uh, command tokens are fine, but the structure ones are even more of a pain this time around. You're yeah, probably you're, not going to be able to yeah, do Yeah, you, you probably have not taken construction enough and are already... Yeah, it's a lost cause. Yeah, it's gonna be right. We talked a little bit about some secrets, but uh, how do in general secrets go? Oh, my God. I like a lot of them. They're mostly doable. Uh, Even the structure secrets are okay if you have enough notice beforehand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Battle objectives are easy to take care of. Four mech on four different planets is just good watcher strategy. So there's (laughs) no that's not inconvenient. Anyways, four tech in one color. Easy. Be a neighbor with everyone is perfect. Stalling is great. We are pretty good at uh, most all secrets. Yeah. Uh, I would say, but we get above average marks on almost all of them. Um, how to lock up lock up that W. This is our this is my closing argument. Uh, so we want to gum all the works, a la which you've already done. Ghost of Creus, yeah. All game. We're naturally it's like written into the faction itself. Like here, gum, yeah, uh, do it easy. Right. Uh, use the watcher liberally to cancel action cards that can open up opportunities for you to be windslayed. I'm describing a situation where you you have your ten points figured out. Yeah. Uh, keep your flagship at home and save some influence to use its ability to cancel even more hits. And then here's my last note. This is weird. Let's talk about the commander once right. more. Here we come. <laughs> so the commander is so weird in a late game situation. So your commander can help you build more than once in the last round if multiple people are attacking your home system. Right. So if someone attacks your home system. Uh, and and this is the type of situation I'm describing is one where the table is going to all attempt to win slay you together as a team. Right. All of a sudden your commander becomes okay. Still not like amazing, but the idea that someone's going to come into your home system, attack you uh, after you've built, yep. you remove that token yep. <laughs> and now, Oh, you survive survived. Well, let's rebuild what we lost. Right. That's gross. Right. Uh, it's and even a situation where let's say like benediction gets used on you mm-hmm. and then somebody goes to invade your home system. Well, now all of a sudden we've unactivated right the home system. Hey, again. guess what? Benediction doesn't uh, supersede. Yeah, your commander. It's moved ships in. This is the yeah. one time where like thrilled. It has nothing to do with activation. Yeah, he they moved ships into that system. Right. You lift your command token. Yeah. You still get to do stuff. So the the only thing that's going to stop you in this situation is literally if every player attacks your home system. All in one round. Yeah. In between two turns. But if there's any delay between them, you just build it home again. If they if they don't take the planet, right? Totally. So you totally. get enough defenses there, you can just even keep if, dropping infantry. Even if they take the planet, though. You can reactivate and take that, it back. Exactly. Yeah. So, so and, and I feel like we've actually kind of skipped over the, the key piece is that going into a last round situation as Empyrean means that I am not going to do that thing where I'm stalling out and avoiding activating my home system. Uh-huh. If I've got it locked up, I can just activate the home system right away, right. build, and just kind of be like, listen, if if you come after me, you actually give me another opportunity to right. do even more stuff. And you don't even have to put all of the fat stack in your home system. Right. You can have the stack in your home system and the stack next to your home system that says, the second you do anything about my home system, the stack next to my home system is going to come retaliate right and and you will ward off more attacks than you even actually have to deal with totally you can just do the math for everyone and say like yeah you're gonna it's it's the scene from the office where uh jim and creed are playing chess and creed just goes if you do that i'm gonna do that if you do that i'm gonna do that if you do that and i'm gonna do that right what if i do this you don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah no totally um so yeah the commander 
can suddenly be pretty chill uh, and great to have. All of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, it just magically becomes. They're just great. like, hey, I'm actually pretty good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it 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 doesn't help you lock. It doesn't help you get to ten. No. But it will help it. It will help uh, making wind slaying you uh, all the more difficult. This is another P. We just did the Argent Guide. This is another POK faction that has this incentive to play from ahead. Yep. You you can uh, anyone can kind of do the sneak wins, but I am more and more seeing the factor that in Prophecy of Kings meta, it is not about holding on to all of your secrets and last second popping a bunch of points. Uh, it is more about get your points and find a reliable way to secure your victory, yep. not sneak a victory. Yep. Uh, and Empyrean definitely falls into that camp. Yep. All right, there That's we it. go. You oh did my it, God, I'm done. You're done. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. You just play games now. I do not have to play the POK faction specifically oh anymore. What does it feel like? I don't know. I can just play any any faction. I, had I to don't play, have. I to... still have to play Cabal. I got yeah. like I got like one more Cabal game I got to get under my belt, and then I'm I want to be done too. Oh and, and Cabal's not one I'm thinking especially hard about. Um, but. Yeah. But Hunter, you got to play Necro the other day. What was that like? Oh, that was fun. You just, uh, like you just played Necro, and it wasn't like I, I just have, played Necro. I have to play them perfectly and research all of the nope. things that they do. I just did it, and what and gift. whatever came up came up. Man, it wasn't about science. It wasn't about you know. I'm oh, so I need to specifically do this because I haven't had any games where I tried mm, that. Uh, I'm so I, jealous. Yeah, it, it's great, and I'm just gonna live in that world. Uh, from now on, we actually had to figure out what the next arc of the show is. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I think. Uh, for a while, as far as what we do in our games, it's going to be a lot more uh, loosey goosey. And you know what? I'm getting. I'm. I mean, I've been a little tired of wanting to play with people, and then I have all these needs. Yeah, I need uh, to play this faction. Right. Okay. I don't want to play on this kind of a map. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. What always happens to me is, you know, I I do like a first game with a faction, and I'm just like, let's see where the wind takes. Totally. Us. Then, I, okay, I've done that game. I've seen where the wind takes me. Now, I need to know how this faction feels with a green skip. Sure. Hey, everyone, will you please give me a green skip? Yeah. Okay, fun. This is where the Goodyear Brotherhood, uh, uh, the, the Bubba Cool's Chill Zone. Bubba uh, Cool's uh, Chill Zone. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is where the Bubba Cool's Chill Zone comes in handy, but I always feel like I'm abusing them. Because it's like, bit. listen, y'all, I need to play this game this specific way, so I need you to give me some special tools. And it feels like I'm just asking them to, like, hand me a win. But half the time, it's not even for, like, of strategy i think is going to be especially viable it's just a thing i need to see how it feels it's definitely not actually that uh even though i guess it, i could see how it could sound that way right um because most of the time if we need to do something specific yeah it's doing it's it's like my void watch game. yeah <laughs> right like, you know what yeah, i mean exactly. it's like if i need something right. it's probably because i'm gonna lose because exactly. i have to do this thing i don't even are i already don't like the, it the one game i need to do right now uh, as Cabal, the one thing I want to test is, well, I got to play Biostims, Cabal. Right. So, and I'm not doing that without a green skip. Right. So everyone, you got to give me, you got to let me do Biostims Vortex. And guess what? For one of you at this table, I'm inviting you to a game that you are going to loathe more than anything you've point. ever loathed. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm ask, it's a big ask for you to play is, that Biostims Vortex game with me. That is a, that is a pretty big ask, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's good. It's, it's good for it to be over. I'm excited for how... We sort of organize episodes going into the future. Um, Are there, you know, should you expect guides on all the base game stuff? 
Probably not. Um, right. There's probably just going to be like random updates, yeah. specific types. Of, well, I uh, want the thing I've always wanted to do is what yeah. we can start doing, which is like we played a game. You had a really cool Muat game. Right. Let's just talk about... We're not saying this is tried and true Muat material. Right. This was a good Muat game. And this let's talk up. about the things that led to this cool Muat game. I want right. to do that kind of stuff. I, w- I want anecdotal evidence of things that worked out. Yeah. Um, I would love to do uh, podcast episodes that are specifically about one style of play. Yep. And then... There is a companion video that is just here's that here's game. The game. We yeah, analyzed so, it. Here's right. all the stuff. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. This the show's gonna get better. The show's yeah. gonna get smarter. I'm it's very... pre, it's a pretty dumb show right now, but it might get better. <laughs> it might get better. In the I want to thank all our weird bears, Farganess, TG Welch, Brian, Bopbot, Kaluan, Squeamish, Emu, Son of Leto, Mate Nason, John, Arwise, Absol, Ponchadori, Istoria, Broduel, and Sunfax, and our little piece drills, Naderade, Patience of Virtue, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Baddy, Frank G. Carnal. My son is also named Bor Anvilier, Samley, Alice, and Kraken. All right. Galactic Council new poll is uh, it's online. Yeah. Um, here are your choices. Uh, pick as many of these as you like. Uh, first option. Uh, our f- <laughs> the first option is our favorite fiction yeah. that inspired Twilight Imperium. So this is our opportunity to talk about not the board game, not the board game, You're and not just science fiction in general. Sure. What well, they might pick? They it. might. They might pick Hunter. It. Hunter's a big Star Trek guy. I don't know what I'll talk about. I've been. Well, I'm, I'm halfway through the Expanse. There's all. There's like a bunch of little things we get to talk about. We get yeah. to just talk about some sci-fi. I'll talk about Star Trek. Sure. Yeah, I'll talk about some that's, Star Trek. That's what that one is. Um. So the next one is our current play styles and what we want to learn slash change. This is kind of on the note that we were just talking about. Yeah. We, we, we are now open to like exploration rather than like have to analyze and and figure out this faction mm-hmm. it's more I, I would like to look inward <laughs> for a minute totally uh, and this is an opportunity to see where our head is at in what kind of play styles we're wanting to develop uh hunter and i have literally just had some conversation recently where we're like analyzing each other's play we're finally getting to play games with each other <laughs> more often now that i'm it's pretty interesting and and so we've been giving notes to each other and stuff like that and so i think it would be a fun opportunity to just sort of like have that conversation yeah um the next one is uh, actually very much an extension of what we were talking about before uh this is a single game analysis we stream a game with no real plan we just stream a game and then we will talk specifically about that one game and break down all the little moments for for it. Yeah. Um, it could be sort of like a like a pilot for that style of episode if it were to become a very frequent or specific style of episode that yeah. we do. Uh, and then the last one is kind of our clickbait option right. uh, for for this group, uh, which is are the new factions too good what? what are they too good uh i'll be forward i'm least interested in this topic sure. but I'll, t- I'll talk about it uh, i do hey. think i think there's something to the argument and so we can have that argument buzzfeed buzzfeed let, us, let us. us argue yeah uh well, well well you know what that's the one though pick that one though if you want uh think pieces written <laughs> in response right, to it right we will be wrong and then dozens of people in the community will write just just tomb tomes and tomes just so much stuff they'll just yeah. they'll go crazy and that's on writing I mean, about the things that we're wrong about that's what you know that's what the show's all about yeah. is getting getting that audience uh response uh this this episode is happening like in the mi- coming out on saturday 
May 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we originally said we were going to have a homebrewers game on Saturday, May 15th. May 15th and that's, we didn't do that. Uh, we Scheduling got wacky this week. So yeah, guess what? Dude, it's the homebrewers the... guild game with the promissory notes is next Saturday. Yeah. May 22nd. Yeah. After the Flat Tomatoes game. Roughly yeah, I'm sorry. Something I'm like 1800 UTC. It's fine. I'm sorry, y'all. It happens. Yeah. Um, but I do. Here's the good thing. I do have uh, the next topic uh, for homebrewers guild. We're going to go ahead and get it out there. Um, I need to, oh my God, I need to build the promissory notes. I need to import them into TTS. I'm realizing, um, before we flood it with the new topic, which is exploration, just regular old exploration cards. Give me your industrials. Give me your hazardous. Give me your cultural. Give me your frontier deck. Very specifically, not the relics. We've done the relics. Not the relics. We just want those four other decks filled with weird, wacky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So be, you know, I will put. I'll put something weird in there. Mm-hmm. I'll put like a like a weird attachment or whatever. But make sure to also give me some just like kind of cookie ones, the yeah. little the little gimmies, uh, more creative, interesting gimmies. I'm really happy with all the promissory notes I got. By the way, they're really amazing, and I really wish I had been able to get that game in. Right. But we're just doing this tournament thing. I don't know if you've heard of it, but <laughs> it sucks, man. It is killing it's me. It, is, it kills us. Speaking hardcore. of that tournament, uh, if you're listening to this game when it is coming out on Saturday, we have a game tomorrow. May 16th at 1400 UTC on the Space Cats Peace Turtles Twitch. And then next weekend, Friday, May 21st, 1400 UTC on Space Cats Peace Turtles Twitch. Saturday, May 22nd at 9 UTC on the Flat Tomatoes Twitch. And Sunday, May 23rd at 1400 UTC on the Space Cats Peace Turtles Twitch. We are also catching up on all of those games on YouTube. Yep. Uh, If you like all of this content we're throwing at you, we're just drowning you in it right now. Videos and extra episodes and normal episodes and everything. You can please rate our show. Also do stuff on YouTube. Give us like the thumbs ups and the subscribes and all that stuff. Subscribe to us on Twitch. There's a lot of areas where uh, we would love to see your support because it does weird analytics stuff and algorithm business that is important to content like this. The other way you can support this show is being a part of our Patreon. You can find information about that as well as our Twitter and our Discord and our merchandise on our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com. Yeah. Um, Okay. And... We have another episode to record, like, basically right now. Actually, yeah. I have to edit this, immediate release. If you're listening to this episode, like, the moment it drops, it's we. You, you're listening to Hot my voice, like, two hours after I spoke the words. Hot off the presses so, is what this one is. Yeah, yeah well, uh, we need to go. No time for anything cute. No fun, bye. No, no bits. <laughs> Done. Just kind of a sober end to the episode. Nope, I hear some laughing. No laughter, <clears throat> just a uh, solid uh, goodbye. This is the sound of me shaking Hunter's hand. That was okay. Yes. Very good. Goodbye, friend. Yep. Uh, this is a serious show. You should be serious about Twilight Imperium. Yep. Uh, it is something that is a humorless exercise of your mental might. Yeah. You flippin' wizard, you. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>